Raph, we're back. Yeah, we we're back. You're married, yep. which means it's time <laughs> for Verbal Tap to show the Bruce fighting. Does it mean? Yes, it does. This week it does. This week it's done. You're married. She said I, yes. She did. So everything went great, and it was it was wonderful. Don't get me wrong. Great girl. Touch and go. It was touch and go. Well, it was not touch and go. When did you think it was touch and go? I'm, I mean, I'm not saying we were placing wager, wagers at the wedding, but no, obviously. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Me and a seven-year relationship was real touch and go. Yeah. <laughs> Down to those last few seconds. Uh, beautiful wedding, though. Obvi- it was gorgeous. We're, we're going to get to do a little recapping because we're going to talk about training beforehand, but obviously okay. the wedding was amazing. We had a phenomenal break, but I've missed this podcast. I, you know, honestly, and Kevin knows this about me. I'm a workaholic, so uh, I just he also doesn't sleep. In case people, I, I do. I sleep. No I sleep evidence. Me. No. Ah, you know what it is. A lot of humans need too much sleep. <laughs> Let's just be real about this. Ah, okay. With those people who are like, I need nine hours to function. What? Really? Nine? <laughs> the average should be eight at least. But I mean, nine. You're just getting greedy now. No, I, I. I like doing this show because it keeps us engaged in the community. Kevin, there's been so many fucking fights that have happened. There's been so much shit that uh, people have been, like, asking me what the fuck is happening in the world. Metamorris? Way and Metamorris. All the UFC? Like, yeah. Just, (laughs) like, what the fuck? And to not have a podcast to talk about it? It's it's mind boggling, and you know what? We're not even going to get into metamorphs here because we're going to do a later installment of Around the Mat. So stay tuned for that, you guys. But holy fuck, just yeah, uh, just sitting from the sidelines and not. Can I just say one thing, press wise, that I think is a good rule that you and I could just issue as press wise? Uh, Dana White's flamboyancy and angst is the exception, not the rule. Let's just remind everyone that and move forward. Well, I'll see your exception and not the rule and raise you this. When's the last time we've talked about something crazy Dana White has said? It has been it's way been while, too long. Right? It's well, been way too long. What happens is Dana White found Conor McGregor and all these other characters that he has now and lets them go about their business and sell the fights for him. So he doesn't have to stay stupid shit. The most stupid shit he said recently was that any of his UFC fighters could beat Floyd Mayweather. And you know what? If you're Dana White, you kind of have to say that. So <laughs> even that I can kind of understand. Is it true? Probably not. But that's not either here nor there. UFC fighters are wonderfully skilled. I think we're just talking apples and oranges. So yeah. it doesn't even matter. That that conversation is innocuous. However, the, the interesting aspect, though, is, Kevin, Go ahead. the interesting aspect is Hollett Gracie has become the new Dana White. Yeah. He's got the title. He just needs yeah. to start saying fuck more. And it couldn't hurt. Give him time. <laughs> Maybe that's the defense mechanism. We just never knew it. We're just like, yeah, so enough. enamored and shocked by the cussing. Well, so much more to come on Metamorris. We're excited to to crew back up with our around the mat cronies. I don't know why this is a 1950s language film all of a sudden. Apologies. Can't wait to whatever. Around the mat's coming, and we're stoked because you know we get to pistol whip Paul Moran, which who doesn't love that? Absolutely. 
There is going to be so much fun stuff going on this podcast today. We're going to get caught up on some fights, some bets, some things that have happened. We're going to get prepared for UFC 186 the only way we can. The only way. Yeah. With shocking disregard for the establishment of boringness. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> We're on one of those episodes where Rev's like, just going to let Kevin keep talking and see if it stops or where it goes. Well, let's so. be fair. We've got some ring rust and we're going to do our best to get out of our system. Yeah, but I'm an excited fighter. You know, I'm going to adrenaline dump early. Sure. Sure. Um, okay. Good. So good any tips for how to like get through a podcast like this? What do you think? Like obviously stay hydrated. Train like you Absolutely. play. So yeah. practice uh, in the off time. But For you, Kevin, I think it's actually – um, visualize, visualize how you want this podcast to go. Okay, mm-hmm. so really, really sit down and ask yourself, what's the podcast in your head like, and then make it a reality. And then remember, I'm not going to agree with any of it. So that. Well, it's good to be back. We're back, everybody. You've missed this. We know you've told us so yeah this is exactly what you wanted um yes lots of fights to talk about um i'll give a quick shout out over to our friends over at ebi uh which it seems like ages ago kevin uh we got to cover oh, that yeah. as well so that was a lot of fun great uh, event really, there was a series uh, good online stuff good online stuff. absolutely and there was a series of fights that we probably won't cover on this particular podcast but over the next few episodes, we'll probably make mention of a couple of those fights. So I guess what we're asking for, guys, is just work with us. We, we've got a lot of stuff. We know a lot of things happen in a month's time, and we're going to do our best to talk about it. But we are excited to talk about uh, what happened at UFC 185. We're going to catch up with maybe, Kevin, maybe the worst UFC call of all time. <laughs> yeah. With uh, I, Drew Dover. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, some cool stuff going on this podcast. I can't tell you how excited I am to uh, hear all of that. And then we are also going to talk some UFC 186 because that's the type of podcast that you expect from us and want from us. So all of this yeah. other metamorphic shit, don't worry. They're not off the hook. <laughs> we'll get them later. But no, there's a lot of stuff to talk about there. So there will be some drop-ins. We'll talk a little bit about that, and uh, we'll try and catch you up to speed on what the fuck's been happening with us. But we're excited to have you guys back. So welcome back from our hiatus. <laughs> we back. Let's uh, get to some podcast. Let's do it. Record now, Raph. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, it was really interesting to have a UFC fight card go on on the same day I was getting married. Uh, yeah. Fortunately, I had Kevin updating me uh, for yeah. 10 minutes. Raph's heart was in mostly one place. It was like a thin shaving, like an outer ventricle was still a little bit focused on UFC. And I was I, that outer ventricle. Kevin didn't really do a great job. Not uh, a great job. He, what, what do you think you could have done better, Kevin? I could have not drank so much or not torn it up quite as much on the dance floor as I was doing. Debatable. That, that Debatable for debatable. sure. Yeah. I don't claim that I was tearing it up more than the person that was getting married, but I was out there. 
I, I think you knew that was a losing battle to begin with. So that was it wasn't that. a battle. It was absolutely. It was never a battle. I was never interested in that for that fight. <laughs> Uh, however, sorry. I was. Uh, but yes, I definitely lost. If it's always a battle, <laughs> it's always a battle. Uh, <laughs> I, I was. I was truly happy that uh, we were able to do some really fun stuff. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring back our good friend John Evans for a record-breaking eleventh appearance on the show. John, welcome to the show, and congratulations on being the person who has been on the podcast now the most. Uh, John. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, Sorry, okay. a dramatic pause there. Just, oh, ah. Sell it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is radio. So, yeah, record, sorry. John's good looking. For occasionally, he forgets that people can't see him. Okay. Well, that was that was important and indicative of why you've come back so many times. Uh, John <laughs> was so nice that he opened up his gym to us, uh, a few of us, uh, the day before my wedding to go train. And uh, it was an honor to be one of the first things that has opened up the uh, Breakdown Academy over in North Hollywood. So thank you very much for John, uh, doing that, John. Oh, no problem. You guys literally were there helping put the mats down, the temporary mats too. So yeah. the, the first people that ever trained there. So that's, uh, that was good. It was a great way to break in the academy, and I'm glad you guys were there. Ah, huge honor. And, and Kevin, how was your experience rolling at uh, John's new academy? Oh, it was a blast. We got into some really technical half-guard stuff that I've been advancing, and it was a blast. It was a fun roll. Plus, I got my kawaii kimono. Uh, so, you know, it's one of the first times I've cried out of genuine joy this year. It felt great. <laughs> yes. Uh, Kevin and I ended up getting uh, two very special uh geese that were made for us i was getting one as a groomsman gift for kevin and it was a kawaii kimono and it was it was a great groomsman gift but we had to do it where nobody else could see it because nobody else's groomsman gift was that good i'm gonna put that on here <laughs> it's, but it kevin's not no, their it i mean you could have gotten them a rolls royce kevin but. and john i want to hear how you guys interpreted how i ended up giving the gi to kevin and i want to hear kevin's take first uh, super confused because you had been as clear as anyone that we were not to like do anything. Well, obviously we were all clear not to do anything to your face. So you were rolling no gi, which is smart because the gi will you know grade that face pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we rolled no gi, and we were coming to the end because we had to start wrapping and headed back to the the Pasadena area. And you were just like, "Hey, can we do one with the gi?" I was like, "Okay, well." You, know, you could have fucking said that before I took it off. Like, I had that sort of reaction. Like, sure, it's his day. Let's do it. Super confused. I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm, I'm going to be really just working some bottom guard sweeps and not breaking down his posture. So this will be fun. And uh, then you surprised me with the gate. I was like, oh, that bastard. That's amazing. And then I was distracted because I was – you know that feeling when you're just running through a meadow super high, naked, and – no one's around. That's how it uh-huh. feels for about a minute after I get a gi like that. Sure. I think the weirdest part about it is never in the history of ever rolling have I ever been so angry uh, to like – with a training partner to be like, nah, we got to keep going. We got to keep going. And I thought that would be <laughs> the first tipping off point for Kevin. But Kevin just looked at me and I was like, do you mind – you know what? Do you mind just going uh, gi with me real quick? And Kevin just like has that like innocent kid look that's just uh yeah, sure. Well, let me go. Yeah, let's, 
Grab my gi. Kevin goes to get his gi yeah, on. Sweating. And I swear to God, I could have scripted this and it still wouldn't have been as great. But it looked as if I had scripted it because Kevin looks at me wearing my version of the gi and just goes, that's a nice gi. Oh, wow. that's right. Let's I completely about forgot that. about the costume change. Yeah, I was like, where the fuck did you get that? Because yep. this is now the second gi you're wearing. I did notice the gi change. Wow, that's how it, it, awesome it was when you threw the new gi at me. That's, yes, <laughs> so I had, I had pulled guard just just enough to make it open my bag where his, his hidden gi was. Uh, but I, somebody came yeah. up to me later, and they were like, Raph, did you make any contingency plans? And if, like, Kevin had pulled guard, and I was like, I was not about to let him pull guard. Because then I would have to inch my way over there, and it just was not going to work. Um, and John was very nicely getting photographs of it all. John, did you see tears coming from Kevin's eyes? And if so, uh, were they authentic? Um, well, I mean, it was weird. You handed him the gi, and literally he just ran straight out the door, and he was high and was running naked through a meadow. I don't know what happened, but... It was uh, that it was explains oh. what I remember way better now that we've finally hashed that out. I feel vindicated almost. Okay, well, that was great. And then the next day, I got to see the both of you. It was great. Uh, you're both at the wedding. You both are being really funny and, and silly. And Kevin is coming up at one point. Kevin came up to the sweetheart table to inform me, Raph, I'd just like to let you know. Overeem uh, basically worked over big country. And I'm trying to get video. I go, thank you very much, Kevin. You may go now. You have served your purpose. So all, all that sort of stuff was fun. But it was hard to try and keep track because I also charged Kevin with uh, finding out who was winning in the over under Kevin between John and Kevin. Uh, John, mm. on your end, did that make anything a little bit more high stakes when you were rolling with Kevin uh, now that you had this, this feud between over under Kevin? Well, I mean, definitely in the back of my mind, I thought, you know, just break it, break it the whole time. <laughs> but, I mean, that's just normal rolling with Kevin. So Absolutely. I wasn't – yeah, I think it was pretty much just regular pressure. And so did it make things a little weird to be at a wedding and also worried that your picks may not come to fruition, especially considering that you can't see them? Um, You know, it probably would have, but um, I was pretty confident that I was going to win. So mm. wasn't wasn't – too worried, you know. I mean, Kevin was kind of oblivious to the world at that point. He was in a swimming pool of alcohol, so uh, well, you know, wasn't too worried about it. Kevin, what's your response to all of that? It's bullshit. I don't remember <laughs> swimming in any alcohol. And I got to tell you, the tension was very high. I mm -hmm. thought I felt it while we were rolling. Maybe not so much, but certainly at the wedding, you couldn't. John and I couldn't even talk. There was so much bravada and testosterone flowing in our investment in the picks. And frankly, I thought it was very tacky of him to throw water on my girlfriend and scream, mm. I told you Pacheco was going to lose. I thought that was inappropriate. I thought it was appropriate. Mm. Mm. I guess we'll uh, agree to disagree. Hey, I thought we were just playing around. I guess not. My bad guys took it too far. Everyone's so Let's talk a little bit about uh, the card itself. Okay, so obviously we had a huge, huge, huge upset to anybody whose name is not Rafael 
those of us who are named Rafael know the truth. When Rafael Dos Anjos defeated Anthony Pettis, and this, this was huge to hear at my wedding, not seeing the fight and just getting the result. Um, and Kev, I have to tell you, you know what was even better at the wedding? Was when everybody came up to me and said, like, in secret hushed tones, as if I couldn't know the results and didn't want to be taken away from it. They're just like, Raf, do you want to know the results? I can hook you up with them. And I was like... Yes, you can tell them to me. Also, <laughs> Kelly knows I'm waiting for the result, so it's fine. Uh, John, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your interpretation of the fight. Uh, I didn't see any of it, so how did it go? Dos Anjos fight? Yes. Oh, man. Dos Anjos really surprised me. I thought for sure Pettis was going to take this. Just, not to discredit Dos Anjos, just Pettis has been on a tear lately, and uh, everyone that he's fought has just looked really bad against him. But um, Dos Anjos really just uh came out there going for it and he was uh in amazing shape in fact he was in such good shape i looked up who his strength and conditioning coach was because he, he was just pushing the pace like i've never seen before um really took the fight to him and really surprised me especially because he was uh out striking him mm. so it was uh I, I don't know i was shocked it was very impressive from dosanios and i hope he can repeat that type of performance because uh, if so then he'll be the champ for a long time I think and Kevin uh, was there something to be said I know that I had made a big fuss about uh, Gilbert Melendez kind of pushing Sergio in a way that we hadn't really seen before and he looked a little bit nervous uh, was that something that seemed to take place in, in this fight with uh, Dos Anjos or, or was it something else I don't fully know because I still haven't understood like as I watched I, I watched the fight replay I watched a replay of the fight. I don't understand exactly what happened with Pettis. Like, I think this was so much more of a... I was expecting there to be some sort of Pettis is injured. Pettis isn't moving the way he normally does. Something like that. Um, I've been shocked we haven't. And I guess I don't fully know how to answer the question because Dos Anjos just looks so much stronger than him. Mm. And I didn't expect that. I just didn't expect him to be able to control him in every aspect. There was something weird that uh, Sergio, or I'm sorry, Anthony Pettis uh, said afterwards where he said he will never fight on the same card as his brother because it kind of took him out of what was going on. Uh, John, does that really have any bearing in it? Um, I, I've never had a brother who fought in the UFC with me, so I don't know these things. Don't don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> the brother I never speak to. Maybe Maybe you should just tell... Pettis, it's because Raph fought on a night you were getting married. That he can fight with his brother, I, he can fight with his yep. cousins. I didn't want to bring it up. I, you know, we have uh, to bring it up. But John, do you feel that? Do you feel that there's some truth to fighting Raphael's on cards now? Do you do you see the the science behind what we claim on this podcast now? Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> you're such a dick, John. You can't even come on my show and tell me, yeah, you're right, Raph. People who named Raphael in the UFC win. Well, that's normally true, but in this case, you know, I think the guilt from not being at the wedding of his twin was, <laughs> was definitely, uh, it, it, you know. It, uh -huh. It was it was it was rough. So, um, but you know, the, it it created a rage, and then that's 
that's what uh, got the victory. So, all right, fair enough. Let's go to some other fights real quick. Um, Carlo Esparza got dismantled, so the the surname, if you would, didn't quite do so well uh, this evening. But uh, Joanna Jordeskis, <laughs> Kevin, what was it that really got her? Uh, able to make that kind of TKO to end the fight in the second. Presumably her left hand and her inability. Like She seemed so ready to kill someone at the press fight, the <laughs> post-press fight press. She just had that look like, no, what you saw is what's going to happen again. And that was it. So she is a stone-cold, emotionless beat-downer. Okay. Carlos Sparza beat did not look ready for that. A thing. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> John, what did uh, Joanna expose of Carla that I think people hadn't seen before, especially dating back to Invicta? Um, I mean, really, like Joanna, I, I think it was much more impressive um, to watch her fight than to say that uh, Carla had holes in her game because everyone knows that Carla is mainly a wrestler. And, you know, she throws hands, which is good. She can mix it up. But, I mean, Joanna was shockingly good at striking. And, and that coupled with a really good takedown defense was just a horrible night for Carla Esparza. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was I was really surprised. I'd never even heard of this girl, and she looked fantastic in this fight. Um, some of the best striking from from a girl that I've seen uh, in the UFC. So which is is. I mean, like, that's not to put down the female MMA fighters. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. there's not nearly as many female MMA no, fighters. No, no, no. You're not Holly Gracie or anything. It's fine. <laughs> but, uh, the, you know, John, you didn't have the insight at the time to bet on Joanna Alphabets. Kevin did. So do you feel a little awkward about that? Uh, do you think that's telling of what may be coming up in a few minutes? I don't think so, but uh, okay. uh, I mean, like, I was definitely sorry after watching that fight that I did not bet on Alphabet Soup because she was just on fire. Uh, that's striking. I mean, it was like, it, it was shocking. It was so good. I loved watching that And fight. conversely, Kevin, do you feel kind of a missed opportunity in not picking two-year-old Raph for the win? In Anthony Pettis versus Rafael Dos Anjos, because John had that insight and he got that one right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I don't know what I was thinking. Okay, yeah. all right. Feel, I've regretted it every day since. I woke up twice last night, mm-hmm. and that's the best I've slept in a month. It was really good analysis, <laughs> I have to say, uh, to really have that insight. Um, but let's talk about this: Johnny Hendricks and Matt Brown. Kevin, you were talking a little bit off air. Uh, what was the secret behind Johnny Hendricks winning over Matt Brown? Because on paper, that sounds like an amazing fight. Was it? Because that was one of the four decision-based fights on a five-fight card for this pay-per-view. Um, whereas the undercard at least had some knockouts and submissions. But uh, what was the reason behind Johnny Hendricks's win? There was some good grappling. There, I mean, there was. There were some genuine moments of, like, real wrestling exchange. And if you enjoy grappling, sure, fine fight. And I do enjoy grappling. I used to really enjoy Johnny Hendricks, the um, guy that knocked people out. But much like I watch Dirk Nowitzki in the playoffs now, sometimes you just have to accept that people... John, I'm going to go ahead and go over to you because Kevin's Johnny- <laughs> doing more NBA analysis that he still doesn't do right. Mm. Uh, John, when you're talking about Matt Brown... He seems to be in this weird position where I don't think he is. He does he not have the same like power?
power to him, or is there something off now? Because uh, the Matt Brown uh, before injury was was destroying people, and I don't know—is he a little bit more timid now, or are people just dismantling his uh, his strategy going in? I don't know. I mean, he's a big, strong guy. Uh, he's really tall for the division, and he's scrappy, which is always tough. He he does. He has good jujitsu. He has good striking, and uh, he hits pretty hard too. So uh, that just is tough for anyone. But I feel just he's just out of that top three, top four ish um, in the division. So. When he fights any of them, it's just uh, it can be a little tough. Somebody like Johnny Hendricks might not be able to knock him out. Maybe will, but you just haven't seen that from him in a while. But uh, of course, Johnny is an amazing wrestler and was able to uh, just kind of out grapple him. Okay, it was weird because uh, on UFC on Fox this weekend, uh, for no reason, they just brought out Johnny Hendricks because he's sponsored by Fram. In case mm. you don't know what Fram is, Fram is the sponsor that gives you the Fram Cam. Mm-hmm. which allows you to see the fighters in their corners. And I know this because they only said Fram Cam about nine trillion times. <laughs> so there's that insight. Wait, Raph, what was the name long. of it? I'm sorry. It's called Fram Cam. Thank you. Sorry. I just, you guys want to check the Fram Cam? Um, Kevin, <laughs> you also were telling me a little bit. This is maybe your shining moment at the wedding, like we were saying, is that you were telling me about uh, Overeem and Nelson uh, uh, tell me a little bit more about this because the gibberish you said at the wedding, I did kind of understand. But now that you've had some time to use your sober gibberish, let's hear yeah. that. Overeem walked out to Bruce Springsteen, I think is what I've made first <laughs> note. Did. I was like, he's going to want to know that. Second, <laughs> what a fight. Roy Nelson, <laughs> I don't know how you train for that. Roy Nelson got the shit kicked out of him. By a huge, motivated Alistair Overeem, who won via decision and just barely didn't get knocked out in the end himself. Like, I saw Overeem's face and I was like, wait, what happened at the post? In, at the post fight, President was my favorite. They were like, Alistair, what does this mean? And just asking him about it, whatever. And he was like, I don't know how to knock that guy out. I don't know how to hit him <laughs> any harder than I hit him. And he just stood there, and I was like, that's <laughs> got to be the best compliment you could get. Did, uh, uh, John, the lack of horse meat play a role in this? Um, probably. Probably. It's it's tough to get that imported from, from the Netherlands. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what to say about this. Overham actually had he, a smart game plan. He stuck to it. He really tried to knock uh, Roy Nelson out, but he also didn't gas himself or get mentally crushed when uh, when Roy Nelson didn't fall over. So I don't know. I mean, it's just Roy Nelson, even though he's been knocked out before, it's just that chin is still ridiculous. Uh, chins. We <laughs> must always report accurately on this show mm. you you must note that he has to be knocked out on several chins in order to go out uh, just well, so we're being scientific yeah. uh kev what do you see next for rain i don't know you don't know five, five you... to seven months probation maybe a few <laughs> few weed violations then i'll come back and fight travis brown to see if anyone's gotten bigger okay yeah. That's good. I mean, those were the big, big fights. Did either of you guys have 
any notes for the undercard or any of the other fights, uh, I'll open this up to Kevin first. No, but, you know, big shout-out to Jake Lindsay, the Kansas crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should get a chance mm. to talk to him in the coming months. And Theodoro for best-looking win of the night. Mm. Not, okay. I don't know about the win, just like he was the best-looking when he won. That's what uh, I mean. Yes, mm. always, mm-hmm. always staggering analysis. Uh, John, <laughs> did you have any other notes uh, from the card as well? Um, Benny uh, won. Benny L. Dariush. Darushi! Oh, and, yeah, Dariush looked good. Yes, and he also fought on uh, the BFC card. on Fox this weekend. Yes, and he also won, and he beat Jim Miller, I believe. Yes. Uh, which is a huge, huge victory. I'm glad um, you brought that up because that was an exciting grappling match to watch because UFC uh, grappling, for those first two rounds... Uh, the exchanges of positions and, you know, Jim has this really cool uh, armbar that he gets just from guard. That's so fucking deadly. And the exchanges between the two were really, really cool. And John, how did that fight finish? Do you know from this weekend? Um, I have only seen snippets of it, but okay. it, it did end in a decision, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was a decision, but it was a split decision. Like they gave Benny two of the three rounds, yes. but I guess everyone else was saying that he easily won all three rounds. They they gave Benny rounds two and three, but not round one. Um, but some of the other people that the media that were scoring it were mm-hmm. giving scores of like uh, all three rounds plus a ten eight round for maybe the last round or or whichever one. It, it was, was it was pretty one lopsided. I mean, it, it's hard to say, but. I mean, yeah, definitely two and three round. No problem. One, uh, yeah, sure. I guess you can kind of make an argument. Whatever. But, uh, I mean, that's very impressive. So it's uh, just yeah. exciting to see from someone who was not long ago just a very elite brown belt. Then, of course, got his black belt and just mm-hmm. kind of focused on MMA. Yeah, and it, it's always good when you can see that. Same with Jacare, where as jiu-jitsu guys, you like seeing those people who can do more than just jiu-jitsu in the octagon which is a tough thing to do. Yes. And are using, especially Dariush and Jacques Ray, excuse me, both of them, just using jiu-jitsu at a high level to impose MMA. Like, they, they get that striking, and then no one can handle them on the ground. It's just cool. I do have a, a real question for all of our listeners, and ask yourselves. You don't have to tell us. You can tag us on Twitter, at VerbalTabCast. That's fine. But ask yourselves, how many of you tried to do the Jacare pass when you went back to training. Now look deep inside your heart and tell yourself, are you answering right? Because I'm pretty sure everybody who watched that this weekend went out, found the part of the wall, and started trying to do the Jacare pass. Uh, it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay if you did. It, it makes you better. But yeah, John, so those were your notes. Um, okay, gentlemen, let's talk about the matter at hand. Um, but let's also put some details out here because Kevin was kind of updating me on who was winning, but he only said it was close, which means Kevin was kind of worthless. So, um, I have the count. I mean, I kept it. Oh, no, 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 Kevin. I know because I ended up after my wedding doing the count myself (laughs) because you can only trust Kevin so much. So. Uh, you should both know that there was no fight of the night award. Yeah, it wasn't awarded. Isn't that mm. hilarious? Yes. They, instead, they gave four performance of the nights, which we need to factor in, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, you should well, now be able to, like, 
No, I'm saying you should be able to like predict random if he's going to change from fight of the night like an addendum to overnight. Like, Kevin. No, Not important, but you understand. Uh, what fight of the night is uh, announced. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I like still that's think a, that, that should be an option. No, I mean say one, but you also should be able to take the option for like if there's a contingency, give me two more performances of the night. No, that's not well. It apparently didn't matter on this one, Kevin. Not at all, right? Uh, but before we announce who won, let's address something. Hmm. So, what was the stakes that were on uh, on this wager, John? You know, uh, I, I think I, I had about an hour's worth of sleep over the course of three days when I was on the last call. Mm -hmm. So um, I was a little delirious. I don't, I think there was some dancing involved or something. I mean, I I was not sticking around for that. Kevin was clearly way too tossed to even begin a dance battle. So I felt that we would probably be best served just kind of tallying it up afterwards and then figuring it out from there. So you made an executive decision. Mm-hmm. to go against the sacred wager here at Over Under Kevin. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was it, – it, it, if a man can't stand, then <laughs> he usually can't dance. So Okay. Okay. Uh, it should be noted that is, that is being kept in consideration. Kevin, do you have some results for us? I do have some results for you. By a total count of five to six, John wins. Oh, you. Now, so John, close. I have to say this. That's, that is way and closer. By, just for be. the point of fact, so it could be noted that I'm completely honest in my integrity, neither of us got a performance of the night correct. You no. said Pettis Esparza. I said the Pettis brothers on a hard double down because I thought, for fuck's sake, one of them's going to – never mind. No, no, mm. that, that, that did not happen. Mm. Um, so, Kevin, you know, we're at a weird quandary here because the wedding's gone and the wager was that somebody had to dance for 30 seconds at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Are we in a weird quandary? Because I felt like the entry I had to do into the wedding alone classifies me as having fulfilled mm-hmm. my obligations. Uh, uh, no. So, John, I'm going to open this up to you. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think Kevin can do now? As you know, part of the losing wager, you know uh, something, something uh, in the form of maybe like a PSA endorsing Halleck Gracie on this whole <laughs> anti-women thing, something like that, something, and really sell it. <laughs> hold on, hold on. You know, I've been thinking about this, and I was almost going to save it for around the mat and keep listening, guys. We will do another one of those before uh, Metamorphs. But um, you know, the one thing that really has caught my ear about this whole thing is. Nobody really thinks about the Keenan Cornelius, you know? Mm. Poor mm-hmm. Keenan Cornelius. He's just trying to have a jiu-jitsu match, mm. you know? There's yeah. there's really people being harmed here. Shanji, yeah. just, mm, Shanji Obero just can't catch a break <laughs> with all of this his action. Is that kind of what you're thinking, John? Uh, that, that I would I would be pleased That'd with be that, yeah. That, okay. that would, that, you know, that would work for me. Guys... Uh, is it really Halleck's fault, or are we just being sensitive? <laughs> Kevin, you said like yeah. every fucking YouTube comment that's the apologist's dream mm-hmm. for Halleck. That's mm-hmm. like, hey guys, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but women just don't fight. Yeah. Maybe if, you know, 
we just waited a week, we'd all feel better and we wouldn't be so upset. Yep. So that sounds like a good wager. Do you accept that for you? I accept the okay. wager. Okay, Kevin. I will be p- placing on it that this was to fulfill a wager and Absolutely. not the. Yeah. <laughs> we have a brand to protect here, Kevin. <laughs> I just don't want to be like, I'll be on MMA mania before the day's end. It's like, you're not going to believe what this asshole said. <laughs> Verbal tap hates women too. 50 50, oh. it's going to happen anyway. Yeah. 50 50. I've never done this in over under Kevin. But since John left and made the executive decision. I am granting you the ability mm. to make John do something of lesser degree of value. So, yes, Mm-mm. he doesn't have to do the bet, but he has to do something small. What would you like that to be, Kevin? Um, I know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Just You know that dance move where you grab one leg like you're stretching your quad mm-hmm. and you throw mm-hmm. the right hand up on the head? Uh-huh. You just do uh-huh. a few pumps. I just want an Instagram video of that, which is less than 15 seconds. It can be four seconds. Uh-huh. I just want it of John hitting that move. Uh-huh. Hitting it. Okay. All right. All right. You That's know, uh-huh. guys, uh, John, uh, you know, we're going to get you out of here in just a second. But Kevin's also got a UFC 186 over under Kevin installment that we're about to do right now. Oh. Do you have any notes for him? Maybe some advice uh, as a person who has uh, basically demolished Kevin twice now in this game? Demolished? Mm. Five yeah. Demol- demolished. demolished. The biggest yeah. UFC upset of... Never mind. Scoreboard. Come on. Shut Scoreboard. Um, I would say definitely uh, Kevin should be 100% confident and just go with his gut like he always does <laughs> because that means he's going to lose most likely and we'll get some something good out of the uh, out of the bet. So uh, just watch him watch him have to face the consequences. It's always fun. So. Always great to talk to you, John. I like that. John, uh, where can people find your academy, John? Uh, it's kicking around somewhere in North Hollywood. I, so I just go to North Hollywood, mm-hmm. walk around for a little while. <laughs> you'll end up there uh, <laughs> eventually, right? Um, fucking promo. No, is that you guys know that place where they filmed Monster? It's just behind that. Mm-hmm. Kev, uh, what is uh, LA's hottest new gym? LA's hottest new gym. It's called. John's house. It's a perfect combination of fresh incense, new geese, and little Hispanic people that make fresh tacos as you come in. It's amazing. <laughs> that's actually that's pretty accurate. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I I don't know that there's been any segment I've enjoyed more this year than forcing Kevin to do stuff on a character. You're gonna love the lube on. station. It's just in the back corner, located past a tiny refugee that's forced to stay there and yell, Nice job, man! You know that if you walked in the back door, you walked in the right door. Break down Academy, people. Uh, so, okay. Well, John, uh, yes, your Academy is great. Um, people should go visit there if they want to go. It is in North Hollywood. It is on Farmdale. What's the address again, John? 6887 Farmdale Avenue. It's and unit number 16, but we're moving to nine. So 
details. If people want to get in contact with you, subtract where should they send an email? Please send an email because I, I, I have not put up the website. I What's the email very address, much John? A slacker. What's the email address? Oh that God. was the question. John. It's John. Not J-O-H-K. will you? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Come on. <laughs> Calm down. But I like the I like the commercial that you guys had going for me. I'm we were trying so hard. God damn it, <laughs> John Jowichin at bjjbreakdown dot com. Send me an email. I will send you the schedule. And uh, yeah, stop by and hopefully uh, check out a class. It's great instruction, you guys. Thank you so much for stopping by again, John. We always, always love it when you come on the podcast. We look forward to having you back very soon. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. Every day, folks, that uh, you, you get to have somebody on the podcast who, if you were to do a Google search for worst call in UFC history, uh, you have that person on the line. One of the two people, I guess, involved with it. And uh, Raph, if I may, it's kind of a unique narrative in general with the reversal with everything. We, you were, I, I will read the text you sent soon, mm-hmm. but just in general, super unique. Cool yes, it's it's definitely a different thing. And, you know, uh, when we were coming back from our, our short hiatus here, uh, this guy was at the top of my list to get on the show. And I, I can't be happier that we actually have him on the show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please do us a big, big help in welcoming our friend, Do Dober. Do, how are you doing today, man? Good. I'm a hell of an intro. Uh, you know, <laughs> here's the thing. Have you, you, have you looked up... <laughs> And Googled your own, like, worst call in UFC history. Have you ever done that? Um, actually, uh, sadly enough, I, I somebody Googled my name uh, not too long ago, and I had to, like, check up and see what popped up. And unfortunately, I did have to witness or see all the articles and whatnot of the worst call in UFC history. But, like, the UFC's been around for a while, so for you to have that... Is it an honor? I'm not really even sure. Like, how, do, how does it feel to be connected with that, I guess, phrasing? Uh, I don't know. The best way to describe it, it's a very mer. Because uh, you can't really get too excited about the, the publicity because, you know, I, I didn't get the win. You know, but then I got to be satisfied or, you know, uh, blessed with the fact that I'm getting a ton of attention. So, you know, it swings both ways. Okay, okay. Let's do this. Kev, um, let's let's have him trace the story back for us. For those of you who are not familiar, uh, Drew, you were fighting in Rio, right, a few weeks ago? Yes, March 21st. Oh, God, the date is inscribed in your brain forever and ever, I feel so, so bad. So, Drew, do us a favor. Walk us through what happened uh, to somebody who didn't have the chance to see your fight. Explain what exactly went down. All right. Well, I mean, the fight was going uh, particularly my way. Um, I think I won the first round, second round. I was doing pretty well. I was up against a uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. So his, um, his goal was to, you know, land me or squeeze me on bottom. Um, so, you know, once the fight got there, I come to find out that you know, if I keep up the scrambling, keep up the athleticism, I won't be in too, too much trouble. Um, I ended up on top and started squeezing my head by getting into a position um, to where the choke um, and the submission are truly non-existent. And as I'm, you know, he's still holding on to my head, squeezing on my, my ears, my face. But as my head starts working up, the referee decides to step in and say uh, I was either tapping or passed out or a little bit of both, and the fight was over. 
Wow, that was well done on the succinctness. We didn't quite put emphasis on the point that needs a little bit more underlining. He could have been, you could have been, he, you could have been in no, like, you were in so little danger. And you were advancing in such a way that you appeared to be in pretty good control. All of a sudden, you post on your left arm. In defense, you're keeping his hips up so he can't try and crank the guillotine into any sort of submission or sweep. Is that what you were doing? Do you can you speak to that? Yeah, of course. You know, you want to dig the the far underhook so you can control the position. You know, I knew it was about you know about time that my head was going to pop out, and I want to keep that down to the position and keep continuing with the fight. And so, you know, when the referee started talking to us, putting their hands on us. I was looking at him like, you know, hey, you know, we're good. We're you genuinely this, so. did. Like, you didn't have that I'm faking, I didn't get knocked out Dan Henderson look. You had that <laughs> genuine, like, what, what, what? Why are you touching me? Like, what do you want? I'm trying to have an MMA fight. I I'm busy. We, we have a big yeah. issue that we're overlooking here, which is that as you're transitioning, there's two things that are either going to happen here. One of which is not you're going to get submitted from that position. But two things are going to happen here. Either one, you're going to transition to what is referred to as a Von Flute choke, which is terrible for people who want to hold on to a guillotine from side. Or number two, let's say you don't get that. Let's say at this point you get side control, which in a fight is pretty advantageous. So things are impossible probably going to, to guillotine go someone with. By the way, yes, you're not yes. guillotine something with there in your side control. No, no, it's just it's not going to happen. And so as that's happening there, then the referee decides, ta-da, guy on bottom who is probably either going to get more injured or submitted. You win. So well, grabs the fuck out of his arm, like grabs yeah. his arm hard, and you didn't cave at all. Like if you grab someone unconscious's arm, they're going to fall over. That's the part that confounds me. He grabs your arm. You look at him like, yeah, I'm strong, right? I'm fighting. Kevin, here's the thing. The reason why I have so much issue with this is that nobody ever hands me a win in jiu-jitsu. That is bullshit. When somebody passes my side control. And if not, (laughs) can we get that to work? Because I – You know what? We're looking at this the wrong way. All you need to do in your next fight, Drew, is just get a little hip sweep, hold on on a last-ditch effort, and then just protest <laughs> it the other way. Yeah, it's the unfortunate thing. Both me and, you know, I don't, uh, judging by you guys' accent, we're not Brazilians, and so we can't really, you know, hope for, for the referee or the, the hometown <laughs> advantage. Well, that we, was we, we, don't spoil it. We're getting there, too, because there's there's more to that story. I guess what? we got to get there. Oh, come on. Hold on. Because, Kev, we're still not done with this. So yeah, the I, other I wanna, thing that's important about this When you this finish, thing, I'm going to read the text. Please do. But here is the weirdest part. So I guess if you're the person who ends up getting a win by, you know, magic is what we'll call it. Uh, the guy who you beat or, or the guy who, you know, allegedly beat you was saying that you tapped. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh, is yeah, that, I heard is it that too. wrong? Am I am I wrong here, Drew? And follow up question: Did you like what? Yeah, so that's the most. I mean, people, you know, tell me that you know I, I acted appropriately, and so honestly, I had no idea what was going on on his end. I didn't know he said I tapped. I didn't know he did that uh, funky robotic salsa or whatever after he won. 
And, like, I know all this, but then, you know, he, he went on to say, you know, in a post-fight interview, and even after it got, you know, uh, overturned to a no contest, he still, you know, said that he felt me tap or he felt me go go le- uh, limp or weak or something, and he's still a firm uh, believer that he won that fight. And, you know, it has me so confused. How can he be a jiu-jitsu black belt and want to hold on to a key team for half guard and still tell yourself that you submitted somebody from... You ask great questions, but I'll return with an answer here. Um, Drew, I know that you're criticizing him for doing a salsa dance. And to this guy's credit, uh, you know, he, he, you know, what are you supposed to do? You know, if the ref hands you a win, I guess I would probably take it a little bit more modestly. Um, but I do believe in Rio. It is a requirement that when you win, you have to salsa. So it's he's really just following protocol. Yeah, Dude, if it was a groovy salsa, I wouldn't have been that mad. But we introduced like two <laughs> polar opposite dance moves in one little motion. I'm thoroughly upset. Plus, I feel like this about I feel like a when someone hits a three pointer in the second quarter, it's like maybe that wasn't the win to get really crazy about celebrating. Like maybe wait till it's a smidge more commanding. That's a little much. Yeah. It's like you did your basic job, which was waited for the referee. Like, let's not get crazy. So I would like to read the text message rep as far as it sends me. I presume seconds after the decision, I wasn't watching live, but I was watching results. I get, um, I expletive, I'm going to substitute expletives. I expletive hate when MMA refs don't understand basic jujitsu. Moment pause. Crushing call. That's the text <laughs> message I got, and I was just like, "Oh my god, what happened?" And I was so so angry, and and angry for you, Drew. It's not even like my fault. It doesn't really affect it's me not in like any you way. Guys were friends at the time. I no, mean, no. I, like, it this is the corner. first that we've met each other, but <laughs> but it's it's the pain and the soulnessness of watching somebody who fights for a living and knowing like, what the fuck? You trained for this shit. And then you have this nonsense go down. So, okay, you, you, you alluded to a little bit after, uh, you know, post-presser, he was being translated. And part of me thought, I was like, maybe he's being translated wrong. Maybe I'm just not hearing this right. Let's, uh, whatever. Um, so it comes to be revealed a little bit later, Drew, that uh, the guy who, quote-unquote, submitted you also had a friendship with the referee, am, am I leading here? Uh, you know, I saw those pictures, and of course, you know, I can't hide away from those those tweets and those comments. But uh, I don't know. I don't take too much into that. Okay, well, I can because first of all, <laughs> if the dude who gave him the fight is best friends, it's like Kevin refereeing one of my fights, and then by magic, I had won. And I don't, know, I, I don't think Kevin would throw you a bone. I think he would just watch you get choked out or something. Uh, well, depends on who he's hurt. fighting, but yeah, I don't know. He's not on, He's not completely wrong, Raph. If the guy like was you know going for a choke, it's like, well, let's see how this looks because that's going to be a great video. <laughs> that would be amazing. So, I, I, well, Drew, I, I appreciate you you being nice about that. But did you have any initial reactions when you saw it? When you like looked at it, was there like a kind of moment where you just said, oh, of course they're friends? Okay. Uh, friends, enemies, associates, strangers, it, it shouldn't really matter. You should know when somebody taps or, you know, you know, gets close to passing out or, uh, you know, guillotine from after. I think, you know, you should know. And so, I don't know, I don't really think too much about it. I just more so just think about the actual 
you know, problem at hand. Okay. Well, indecision. Well, then maybe it is in that realm of you're right. uh, You should think about it that way. So maybe you're not mad. Those two are friends. But then are you still not happy when you see that the dude does supposedly know jujitsu? That is your referee in that photo. Well, I mean, I think the most frustrating thing, and it's probably, uh, you know, some news that you probably haven't heard, was uh, in the locker room, in the the fighters meeting, the referees come to each individual fighter to discuss with them, you know, how, you know, they're going to vocalize, you know, the rules and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. He told me, and put very emphasis on, you tapped three times, hit Mm -hmm. either my opponent or or whatever, three exact times, because one is not enough. He needs to know that I'm, I'm, like, trying to, you know, get out of the fight. So I was like, all right, you know, that's, that's completely understandable. Cast three times, make it apparent that I'm trying to get out of this, you know, this fight. And then, so then I make a, you know, I blink too hard or something when he stops the fight. That's the most frustrating part. First of all, great insider scoop, because that is Thank you. really annoying. That's a great question. I don't, okay, so, well, to Raph's point, apparently basic jujitsu eluded this gentleman. And I did not know about the three taps, but indefensible in any case, what I find fascinating is that the UFC reversed this. That is crazy to me. My well, question, what do you UFC. remember? Oh, I'm sorry. Correct. I, wait. It, let's it's even backtrack. First of all, that's not right. But uh, more importantly, the Brazil Athletic Commission, which Brazil I, Athletic I don't know. Commission. It, it, I mean, let's call C-A-B, that. MMA, whatever it is. Let's call that a win for life because the common consensus was when you had to take this up with them, it was kind of a, well, shit. Yeah. Good luck with that, Drew. Like a not very high percentage recall. And Yeah, you know, it's kind of the feeling I was getting to. And actually, you know, the UFC staff and the people are talking to, they all have the, the general same idea. It was like, you know, we're going to try our best, but, you know, don't expect too much. But, uh, you know, UFC, Dana White, and everyone, like, they had my back. They really pushed hard, and uh, they really helped me out. And so I, oh, I wrote my Oh, what did the appeal. bald father say? What did Dana say? Oh, my God. So I walk into his office, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to, uh, you know, cut out the explicit words that we all know. No, 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 absolutely <laughs> do them. Kevin, we won't believe Dana said it if, it, if there's not, here's like, the thing, seven If you fucks. don't do them, I'm going to do my impression of Dana saying them. So <laughs> you either do all them right, or right. I am. As soon as I, so I get a, re- a request, you know, to go into Dana's office immediately after my fight. I walk in there. He looks at me with his arms crossed and says, how the fuck are you going to be a UFC fighter and tap that quick to a gay team from half guard? Are you fucking kidding? I could cut you right here. And then he looks at me and smiles and goes, nah, I'm just kidding. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> so I remembered reading that Dana played this trick on you. <laughs> and I was like, this is how you can tell rich people get bored at times. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. That's bored rich. That's rich boredom. Like, I'm just going to fuck with... Hey, fuck this kid. Bring him in here. I'm going to fucking... Fuck, fuck, fuck. Hey, kid. Yeah, good job fucking tapping out your fucking cut. (laughs) Ah, I'm just kidding. Bust your balls. Here's some fucking win money. So, uh... You didn't get a poor impression than I did. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Although, I got to applaud you. You went for it. And I I wasn't sure you were going to fully go... You you, you know, you don't go half day. No, you got to go full day. No, yeah, you definitely quoted him. That sounded like his use of fuck. That's correct. When Dana tells you that, you know, he was very vocal about supporting you in the post-presser, I thought that that was great. But did you have a slight moment of panic where you said, oh, my God, what? 
Or did you know he was missing? <laughs> yeah, I would have shit myself at first, just so work uh, I don't know. I think it's like with the entire com- combination of everything that was happening, I was still like <laughs> numb from confusion. But like my emotions weren't like going anywhere. <laughs> well, numb I just from confusion come- is the name of a band. <laughs> you would probably come to this point where you just go, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, why not? I, yeah, I so the referee just stops the fight randomly. I don't get the win bonus, and you know Dana White's pissed off at me. It all makes sense. <laughs> so, so Dana busts your balls. Uh, they give you your full support, and then, as you mentioned, you ended up getting it overturned. What was your reaction once that happened? Oh man, uh, you know, I just you know shocked. You know, at first I, I didn't quite know what was happening. I got a you know. A, a Brazilian phone call, answered the phone. It was a 30-minute conversation. 28 minutes of it was, uh, you know, this person explaining to me why they shouldn't overturn it. And the last two minutes were, but we changed this rule, and we are going to overturn it. And so, like, it was 28 minutes of being disappointed, and the last two minutes of like, oh, 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 that, that's cool. <laughs> I genuinely, you should have done a video of a better salsa dance and posted it. Just like you really going for the celebration. Just like, that's how you own someone. Yeah. yeah. yeah I had the feeling it was like, you know, you know, you forcing your child or forcing your child like, to apologize. Mm. You know, he's just standing there. He doesn't want to. I'm sorry. <laughs> he definitely does not want to. That's a fair point. Talk yeah. to us about your next fight. June 13th? Yes. Yes, I'm fighting Efren Escudero in Mexico City. Oh God! Okay, so let me get this straight. What the fuck? Wait. Okay, you know, fool me once. Yeah. Come on, man. Why are Why are they sending you to all of these international places? And then, like, do you not see this as a recipe for disaster? Can you just ask for one? Because I'm the only lightweight that can leave the country. I'm the only lightweight with a passport. (laughs) Wait. Okay. Well, now you're. You're highlighting a bigger issue in the UFC. I, I was just going to say, I'm sorry, you just stumbled upon a very serious topic that we should do with the 60 on right now. Oh, my God. That's amazing. No, no. Did you just piss no, off Dana White? I think UFC loves sending me into enemy territory. <laughs> what? Are you some sort of weird UFC sniper that we don't know about that they just send you out there? I don't there? know. I, I, I was sent out uh, to Germany to fight the Germany poster boy. I fought Jamie Varner in his hometown for the first time, like, UFC was in Phoenix, Arizona. You know, I fight the Brazilian in Brazil, and now I'm just going to Mexico to fight uh, the Mexican. Well, really let you fight one in fucking Omaha then, right? Isn't that what's next? <laughs> possibly, possibly. Uh, do they just have some sort of weird James Bond globe that they spin around and then shoot a dart at, and they're like, well... That's where we're sending Drew this I time. I think I think Drew pissed off Dana and won't tell us what he did. Yeah. And yeah. now Dana's just like, where's the worst place I can send him after what happened? It's like Mexico City. So we oh, have yeah. this Congo fighter if he wants to fight him in Africa. <laughs> They're like, oh, no way we could make that happen just to send Dilmer to fight in Africa. we got to do something else. So Mexico City. Yeah, the event center is like this, you know, backyard or, you know, Amazon territory. They're sending some dude. You better not listen to this. He's going to get an idea. It's true. And, Drew, I have to ask you this. So now that you're fighting in Mexico City, um, have you been working hard on uh, not tapping from all positions? Or just have you now just really been concentrating on the one? Because I I feel like you really need to flesh out your game. 
it, and you know, it's, it's extremely difficult. You know, any position that I have my ears squeezed really hard, I just tap out. <laughs> I, I mean, I tap out and tap at the same time. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I could do I could genuinely talk about like other things oh man this is good he got arm barred during the handshake it was really it was a serious wrist lock tap no, immediately did you when you went back to like the gym did you get any mess from your training partners was that anything that you you encountered to be completely honest so every time I'm actually in half guard somebody will grab my head and say, he's tapping, he's tapping. <laughs> so, you know, there, there will always be that. <laughs> I want to come back to uh, uh, to your, your fight coming up. But uh, now that you're reminding us, uh, you were Jamie Varner's last fight, correct? Yes. Okay, how did that feel? Because, I mean, Jamie Varner, he, he's awesome. Uh, we, we've always liked watching him fight. Uh, I know that had to be, like you said, you were going into enemy territory with him. How did that whole experience feel for you? Oh man, it was a uh, it was a win win situation for me. I honestly felt extremely privileged that I got such a prestigious opponent. However, just kind of like, ah, eh, the UFC must not like me very much. <laughs> just throw me, you know, the wolves. <laughs> but you know, I was training hard. I felt very confident, and uh, he made a very critical error in that fight, and I took advantage and uh, you know pulled the victory away. Damn, man, I'm excited. You but, have been. You know, I'm thinking as you're cataloging your fights. I guess I hadn't realized just. Uh, how many of them you've knocked out in the UFC now? So it's just, for some reason, is a, a veteran too to tap to it. Do you? He admitted it post though. We have gotten resolution. We're talking about the the ref, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so the, this is the other part that was weird. The ref admitted that he did wrong, and that's why it got overturned. We just wanted to make sure that was correct. I, I heard about that. Uh, I really see an article about that. Yeah, I heard that uh, the referee apologized and, you know, when the, the thing was overturned. But... Sorry to clip back. It was like, oh, wait, okay. hold on. One fi- final question. Okay. No. I mean, it is an important aspect because we, when I read that the referee himself admitted guilt, especially after seeing, you know, kind of weird connection between uh, him and his fight. I mean, it was just a weird situation altogether. So I'm, I'm glad at least he had the, the rightness to step forward at the end, I guess, if there is any kind of good aspect of this. But um, so, okay, who are you fighting in uh, June? Uh, who are you fighting? I'm so sorry. I forgot. June 13th, I'm fighting Efren Escudero. Okay. Oh, little tough matchup. Some tough alums. Yeah, and actually he just, I think, came off of a recording the uh, a tough uh, Latin America. He's one of the coaches. Oh, very nice. Uh, <laughs> I'm I not sure I knew they were doing one Latin America. I can never remember which one of the <laughs> tough internationals. I had no going idea on. either. It, it just showed up on my Twitter because I'm oh, fighting perfect. him. <laughs> okay, that's got to be. Yeah, you got to see some interesting things. It's, I thought you were about to say he just released uh, an album. I was like, we're going to listen to it right now. But damn it. <laughs> I was. I mean, I I do enjoy the fact is uh, you said that you found it by Twitter. Is that just by somebody who tagged you in it, or was that? Uh, do you have like a search now that comes up for everything on him? Is there like a Google alert that comes to you for him now? 
Uh, I think it was one of like the UFC retweet or something. I I'm not too confident how Twitter works completely. I just like scroll down and see things, and <laughs> you so and, me, <laughs> and so I came across Efren's face. I'm like, oh, what is he doing? <laughs> I'm not too confident how Twitter works. It's the most instantly quotable moment of the podcast. I know. <laughs> Amongst a series of gems, I just like that we've we've gotten to the the real heart of the matter for Drew, which is. Science is confusing to me. Yeah. Um, well, Drew, uh, what can we expect from you in two months? Uh, what, what what can we expect to see uh, a return from? And hopefully we get to see a full fight. That's what we're hoping for. Yeah, I'm hoping for, like, a, a non-shady referee. But, I, you know, you can always expect me to, you know, bite my mouthpiece, move forward, and through, you know, thick and thin, blood and sweat, I'm still going to try to give, uh, give the best show possible. I like it. Yeah, you're and Wikipedia has your record fifteen six and one. How close is that? Yeah, like, yeah, that's not, that nails it. Head a lot. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the record, but yeah. Okay, I don't know how Wikipedia works, but I think I, I think I mostly get it. I just scroll down. I, so, I just found out I have a Wikipedia like not too long ago. I was in like a doctor's office. And some of the nurses were like, oh, you're a fighter? And they Googled my name found Wikipedia. I'm like, I had no idea I had a Wikipedia. And so I'm reading it along with them. <laughs> but what, you, what was the most interesting thing you found out about yourself from Wikipedia? Oh, man, probably the most interesting thing is, like, how do these people, like, find out this information? They wrote down, like, my background, where I'm from, that, you know. So, like, I was like two months early in labor and just like really like in detail, you know, description. <laughs> How'd you find this out? I think the coolest fact is that you fought Bobby Cooper in Kansas city at a catch weight of 165 pounds, which I only say that cause that means Bobby Cooper probably had trouble making weight. No, okay. that's me and Bobby Cooper, Cooper messaging each other and saying, Hey, we're about this weight. So let's just not do that whole sauna aspect. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I had a moment. Gentlemen's agreement. Gentlemen's agreement on the weight. Yeah, which actually, you know, it screwed me over one time. I had a fight at 155 against uh, Sean Wilson, I believe. And I was like, yeah, that's me at 165. Oh, cool, awesome. You know, so I celebrated Christmas, and I felt pretty good about myself. And then, like, two weeks out from the fight, he's like, you know what? I'm sitting pretty light. I think we should continue with a 155. Oh, man. (laughs) So, yeah, that was a hell of a cut to that week. So, you know, this is new to me. I don't think Kevin and I have ever heard of people who are fighting each other just texting each other, especially to negotiate weight, I guess, as the, the fight is coming up. What emoji do you attach to the text that you send to each other? Is it a fat kid eating cake? Or is it like a Christmas ham? Oh, yeah, of course. They've got that one. Yeah, they, they had that cat, like, in the pizza box, eating the pizza <laughs> and, like, kind of squiggling. Yeah, I use that religiously. <laughs> Yeah, actually, as I'm oh, scrolling, those, um, I now see emo cons that are like angry, like food, like yeah. angry donut and <laughs> the perverted hot dog. I use those all the time. I'm astounded that you don't know how Twitter works, but you are very well versed on your emojis. So you have yeah. priorities in this technology sphere, my friend. You know, I'm Team Facebook over here. Twitter <laughs> just confuses me. Rap, there's also a 162-pound bout with Will Brooks, and 162 is my favorite ever agreed-upon weight. I was like, that was what? actually what was just, just, doing. just to go seven heavy? That's fantastic. <laughs> Fuck it. Why not? 
Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're just rolling a 20-sided dice <laughs> to figure out our catch weight. You have, you're going to have a lot of quotable moments in the UFC, wait, especially wait, if your career on. continues in I this just... bad call projection. This is what I love about your Wikipedia, as I'm staring at it right now, too. Uh, it says that you beat Nick Nolte by a submission arm triangle, which in my brain looks very different than I'm sure how it actually went down. <laughs> right but, after he finished uh, Blue Chips. Nick yeah, Nolte. absolutely. It's just a really haggard Nick Nolte. I hope you beat the piss out of, but <laughs> I don't think that's you know, the was he, he was past his time, like way past his time. He was super hungry that day. He literally just laid down and he could grab his arm. <laughs> he was taking so... a nap. I'm going to so screw with this uh, Wikipedia page before the next time we bring you on yeah, here. No reason not to. Uh, at one point, we should lobby pretty hard to see if we can get multiple sources to be like, struggles with the half guard guillotine for side control transition. That would be a good thing to list. Uh, Drew, thanks for swinging by the podcast. We are going to be cheering for you on June 13th. Um, hopefully, we will only want you back to talk about your victory and not how the backflip your opponent did off the cage startled you into tapping. <laughs> I'm going to pass out, too. I mean, I'm... Yeah, yeah as you <laughs> pass out and tap from, <laughs> from joint manipulation. Ladies and gentlemen, Drew Dover... Fighting forever in the UFC, especially now that Dana just likes messing with him. You can find him at uh, international cards all around the world. I am recording. All right, Kev. So do you feel refreshed enough uh, from this break that we took to now resume doing an over-under, Kevin? Refreshed? I don't cool off. I do not cool off. You know that about mm-hmm. my UFC picks. My UFC picks stay sharp. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because I'm confident, as I normally do, you're going to bring forth an opponent that I will crush. Uh, statistically speaking, that's not accurate. But I think viewers and listeners know that uh, to be what? true. I can't... I can't hear you. I'm sorry. You said something about statistics, but I was too busy being a cool person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you continued telling yourself that. Uh, I decided, you know, Kev, I always bring these people. We brought like fighters. We've brought writers on. Uh, we've brought people who, you know, participate in the UFC. You name it. Sure. But this time, I thought I would bring a compulsive gambler who happens to do some work within the jiu-jitsu community who actually makes money betting. Well, that would make you an asshole. Not particularly, because you're so great at making predictions, right? Uh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. That's what you just built up. So this time, I thought I would bring on uh, a friend who works with Dream Jiu-Jitsu as their tournament director and also with Nawaza Apparel as their marketing director. Let's go ahead and give it up to our good friend, Dan Hubbler. Dan, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. I love your succinct answer. Thank you very much. It was as if you were planned it and robotically told to say it. Dan, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do for Dream and for Nawaza. Uh, for Nawaza Apparel, I run all their marketing stuff, the uh, social media stuff, getting ready for releases and all, all that. And then uh, for Dream, I just do – I run the actual tournament that do all the bracketing and run the events there. Is it hard to work for two people who are so 
what's the word I'm looking for? Goofball in nature? <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes it's a little bit hard. It's, it's like a full-time job um, changing the, the landscape of the jiu-jitsu community in California and being <laughs> on the forefront of this, uh, of this uh, grassroots movement. But uh, I do my best. I see that you are no stranger to hyperbole, which means you'll get along great with Kevin. Uh, so you, I know, are putting together uh, a new dream tournament. When is that going down? And uh, give us the specifics about all of that. Uh, yeah, we have a new adult geek tournament. It's actually the only one for this year, probably. Um, it's going to be on May 3rd in Cerritos, which is where we usually hold our tournaments. Okay. Um, we, we have a really good relationship with the wrestling team there, and they help us out with their gym. Now, I have to ask, it's May 3rd, which is the day after Pacquiao and Mayweather. Did you guys take into account how drunk most of these adults are going to be? Yeah, we actually did, and we're in the process of working out a uh, day-before <laughs> weigh-in center. So that people can weigh-in uh, on Saturday and then go enjoy themselves for the fights. That's a it's a very sweet thing for you to do. Kev, uh, how are you taking this so far? You know, Dan has his shit together. And I'm mildly noticed, nervous. I'm mildly he's, nervous. He's really not, you know, he's not messing around. His voice sounds very, very like he's down to business. Is, is that intimidating like at all? in the game. I mean, you know, we're talking about Dream Jiu-Jitsu and Nawaza. So, frankly, I feel like there's some fallibility here. Because uh, <laughs> the captain of both of those vessels, or captains, mm-hmm. um, have made questionable choices in the past, is all I'm going to yeah. say out loud. So I'm not saying yeah. Dan's a questionable choice. I'm sure Dan's fine. But reasonable doubt exists, if we're being honest. You have to uh, take into consideration the leadership, right? Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Nothing against Dan. I just, you know, am questioning some others. Dan, your response to that? Um, I've made enough money uh, betting on UFC fights that I don't feel comfortable talking about it because the IRS hears about it, so I feel confident. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> okay. Okay. The Real IRS better. talks about it. Real you know, better. the best part go. is that was almost a really good shit-talking moment until you bring in the IRS and then go like, but shh, don't. But I'm like, going to report shh, it like a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's go ahead and go straight into the game. Cue music! You know that you can overlay that on the track itself. Like, you don't have to put out your phone to put it on, like, our audio cast, right? Fuck that. Ugh. It's just, ugh. All right. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. Fuck. All right. I said you were allowed to say something where you you said fuck no. Why? What did you want to say? Oh, I said am I allowed to – I heard you say fuck and I said am I allowed to say fuck on you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, We cuss all the time. It's kind of part of the deal. All right. So um, you know what's funny? Uh, There's there's a lot of shit talking here. Uh, I'll go over the rules. If you guys are new to Over Under Kevin, the basic way this works is each participant has 15 seconds to say who they think is going to win in a particular fight. We go out of order for the entire card. Yes, the entire card. And the person with the most picks correct ends up winning. And we'll go over a little bit of that again as we get close to the end. Dan, what is your first impression of Kevin having talked to him on the podcast right here, right now? Amateur hour. Go ahead. Whoa, whoa. (laughs) Whoa, Kevin, are you amateur hour 
Or are you no. not? No. No. If anything, I'm semi-professional 30. Let's do this. Wow. All right. Uh, gentlemen, uh, as I will tell you once more on this podcast, I like an unfair fight. I like it to be as dirty and grimy as it can be. So, gentlemen, protect yourselves at all times. Let's get straight to the game. All right. The first fight we are going to be talking about for UFC 186 is a women's straw weight category between Jessica Rizowski and Valerie Lertrunemrao. Kevin, you're going to start us off with 15 seconds on the clock. Go. I have a th- I have a feeling about this. Valerie Lertrunemrao's nickname is Trouble. She's six and three. I like her in a very serious reach advantage situation. All right, Kev, that is your time. Let's go on over to Dan. You got 15 seconds. Go. Um, her reach advantage might be an actual advantage if she wasn't fighting someone who's a three-time world champion boxer. Um, I'd say Jessica is going to knock her out in probably the second round. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry. Did you do research, Dan? <laughs> yeah, Jessica Jessica was, has been boxing since like uh, 2000. Like for 15 years she's been boxing. She boxed for many years before MMA. And that was like her big selling point on Ultimate Fighter because she was she had like a one in four record going into the Ultimate Fighter, so she had to like have some kind of credibility. So they hyped her up as this big boxer. Wow, Kevin, I didn't know that we actually uh, put on a live version of a Wikipedia page uh, to go against you on this one, but this is impressive, Kevin. Are you intimidated by his ability to recall all of these facts, and does that make a difference in your pick here? Yes, I am, and no, it does not. Full steam ahead. <laughs> uh, did you get any concern, though, Dan, on some of the weaknesses that you were able to see on uh, the Ultimate Fighter for Jessica? Is, is that going to hinder any part of your decision, or do you think that Valerie is just so new to the game? No, I think her on the Ultimate Fighter actually reinforced my decision because, you know, on paper, she's just a boxer, bro. On Ultimate Fighter, she won a fight by submission. Uh, she, she had some pretty good groundwork. Um, I don't see Valerie attempting to take her down because Valerie is actually a striker too. So if this stays standing up, I think Valerie gets knocked out. Okay. Did you right. like do you mind me asking the plus one fifty five that I'm seeing on best fight odds? Is that what you like to ask? Well, that, well, the people who make these lines aren't always very informed, especially on women's MMA. And oh, for sure. And uh, it's really easy to take advantage of some of those lines. Those are the things I look for when I make bets are lines that I think are really, really uh, misinterpreted. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I was just asking for his analysis, Ref. Now I'm looking at the lines. I'm like, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to get an education because I obviously know all of this. But if uh-huh. I were, there we go. Dan, you're going to find it quite adorable when Kevin says things like, uh, the odds in Vegas say, because that is a favorite of Kevin's on the show, and it's kind of adorable. It's like watching a puppy, you know, try and catch its tail. It's just, uh, it's great. All right, let's go to our next fight. Uh, Dan, you're going to start us off on this one. It is Yi Xiaobin versus Thomas Alameda. 15 seconds on the clock, go. Uh, that's like a classic up-and-comer versus gatekeeper fight. I think Alameda is going to win it by knockout. He, he, I think his last 13 fights have been won by knockout or TKO. And, uh, yeah, Yves is, uh, he's never put together a string of fights in the UFC. And over the last couple of years, he's just curated. I think he gets knocked out. Wow, fighting words. Kevin, your response, 15 seconds on the clock, go. They're 135 pounds, so no one ever gets knocked out. But this is the one I've got a feeling about. I'm going with the Tiger. 
Because it's a really cool nickname. That's the reason why? Yeah, that's it. And he just okay. has a look about him. Sometimes. I'm valuing uh, experience. I'm reaching out. I'm turning over a leaf. I've been super okay. against older fighters. I'm trying to pick okay. one every now and again. Okay. All right. Um, let me ask you this, though, Dan. Do you feel like you're just a gatekeeper for Kevin here? Because maybe you've been doing betting so long that you're just going to get lost in your own what you think is brilliance. I don't even have a response for that. I, I won't even acknowledge that question. Okay. I mean, that's fine. It just kind of shows that you're incapable of reading something off of Wikipedia and coming up with that. something on your own. But that's okay, Kevin. Do you have any response <laughs> to that? The if I if mine wins plus three forty nine is an awfully great line to take the misses on vacation this year. Okay. Well, I'm also going to try and use like cool gambling isms like that. Like that's what I'm going to yeah. be. That's that's my right, motivation <laughs> for this. Well, guys, let's as we go to our next fight. I have breaking news. Uh, I know this must change everything for everybody involved. But, yes, uh, we can announce right here, right now, that Quentin Rampage Jackson will be on this card, <laughs> and he is fighting Fabio Maldonado. Does this change anything? Kevin, who is your pick 15 seconds ago? It changes everything. First of all, I had to double-check and make sure I was looking at the right card. I thought the UFC's website had made a mistake. I was like, sure, Rampage is back. Uh, I'm going to go with Fabio Maldonado. Purely based on, I don't think Rampage makes it to the cage. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, we'll come back to that. Uh, Dan, 15 on the clock for you. Yeah, I was originally going to go with Maldonado uh, when he was up against Boss, but, but I, I have to switch it up and go with Rampage now. Um, Fabio has been a really good B-level fighter, but every time he's stepped up against an A-level guy, he's gotten, he's gotten hurt. So, I mean, I think he's only been knocked out one time, but I think Rampage is going to give him the second one. All right, um, Kevin, let me ask you this. What's the over-under on Dad getting his ass kicked by one of these fighters? Oh, up over 10. On the, He's a real B-level fighter. All I can think is, like, i got to start using that term more frequently. Like, ref's being a real B-level podcast host right now. Uh, he'll be back to right form soon. Uh, Dan, let me ask you, is there any uh, missing in seeing uh, Steve Busset on this card? Almost co-main eventing it. Do you feel bad for him in any way? No, I'm sure he got paid in the back locker room. One of those back locker room payouts or everything. And if he did accept the fight and got knocked out, I'm sure he would have got some kind of bonus. But yeah, he, he was just brought in somebody to the hometown favorite. Uh, I think hockey's big up there. I'm not sure. But uh, I think that might have something to do with it. <laughs> I do love that when the UFC can't it fight sure anybody, is. they just start going to <laughs> hockey. It was like, is there a hockey guy we can parlay into this? Come on. Come in here, dude. Does anyone know uh, a hockey fighter? Dana's yeah. Dana's like, oh, fuck anybody on the Ultimate Fighter. Give me somebody who fucking guards a fucking goal. And then that's the way that goes. All right, guys, let's go to our next fight. Uh, I believe we're going to stick on Dan for this one. It is a lightweight bout between Chad LaPreeze versus Brian Barbarina. <laughs> this is the dumbest name. 15 on the clock, go. Um, I think this will probably be one of the most exciting fights on the card. Um, I think Chad is going to take it, but it's going to be uh, real. It's going to go to a decision definitely. Uh, Brian just knocked out Joe Ellenberger. They're both really good up and comers, but I think Chad has a slight edge on the grappling and the wrestling. Okay, Kevin, fifteen on the clock. Go. This is easy. I need to hear people have to say Brian Barberina as many times as physically possible. So I'm going with Brian 
Barbarina for the win. <laughs> That's so stupid. Um, let me ask you this over here, uh, Dan. Uh, you say that you think this is going to be the best fight of the card. I think it's going to be one of the most exciting fights. I think both of them are going to have to really prove something. Uh, Chad wasn't very exciting in his last fight after winning the Ultimate Fighter, so I think he has to really put it up there. And then Brian coming off this big win over Joe Ellenberger. Um, yeah, I just think they're both going to put on an exciting fight. Kev, do you agree with them? Do you think this is going to be a super exciting fight? Obviously, I don't agree with him. But I will agree with the analysis that maybe I I really cannot physically. So, one fifty five pounds always have a great making for it. If it goes entirely the distance, I would actually like to see one submission attempt. That's my only request. Okay, just one submission attempt, and just the need entire to see one. Fight. Yes. Okay. Well, that's. What a heavy checklist you're putting out for us, Kev. Let's go to our next fight. Kev, you're going to lead us off on this one. It is Oliver Albin Mercer. Yeah, whatever. Versus David yeah, Mercier. Uh-huh. Wait, say Oliver Albin Mercier. Man, Dan, you're you're a quick one here. You're really catching on to how well these names are being pronounced. Uh, let's go, Kevin. 15 seconds on the clock. Uh, this is easy. USA over Canada. More specifically, I vote for people if they have dog in their nickname. Okay. Um, David McCud does. It's Bulldog. Settled. Oh, oh, okay. All right. 15 on the clock to you, Dan. Go. Um, if you want to see the submission, this is going to be the fight you're going to see it. I think Oliver's going to sub David. Um, and as soon as it goes to the ground. Um, David's big advantage is his takedown, but I don't think that's where he wants to be with Oliver. And uh, if it stays standing, I think Oliver wins too. Kev, I got a, a really interesting question here. With all of these qualifiers, does it sound like Dan is making side bets in this game? Uh, yeah, it does sound like someone that has rehearsed perhaps a few of the prop sheets they enjoy, or at least some of the better bets, and is cashing in. Let me ask you this, Raph. Does it also feel like you might be reading from a script? Are you at all worried it feels a little too rehearsed? Um, well, I don't know. Maybe I should just say my response in a language she would would understand. Like a gentleman, you C-rated host. Let me respond in a language I think Dan understands. Uh, 0011111001011. I think that's an appropriate response. Dan, do you have a response for that? Zero. Zero? (laughs) How did I guess? It's, It's not on the Wikipedia page. It's not in... His brain. Let's go to our next fight. Electronically he's reading to from try and make money. That's what I'm telling you. The teleprompter's in. He's got Nawaza back there. And he obviously won't let him touch it or else there would be way less articulation. Absolutely. Uh, let's go to our next fight. Dan, you're going to lead off on this one. It is Patrick Cote versus Joe Riggs. 15 on the clock. Go. Um, I feel really bad for Joe Riggs because the guy can't catch a break. Um, I think he's going to lose this fight. He hasn't fought anybody notable since in the last five or six years. Uh, he shot himself in the hand. He hurt his neck. Um, I think this will be his last fight before retirement, and uh, Coach A will knock him out. <laughs> Evan, 15 go. You know I have one rule when I make bets. If you have shot yourself, I choose you in a fight. It's true. Mexico Burris enters the cage against John Jones. That is my rule until John Jones fires a bullet through his own flesh. 
I obviously am picking Joe Riggs in a major upset, and I feel great about it. Okay. Uh, Are you not at all excited to see this true uh, realization of a fight master in Joe Riggs fulfilling his destiny against Patrick Cote? The Diesel? I think there's going to be a 30 for 30 made if he wins this goddamn fight. There should be. That's what I think is going to happen. <laughs> Dan, let's just play it in a crazy world. Is there any world in which you see Joe Riggs winning this fight? Make an I would, argument. I would, okay, yeah. I would take the over-under on him hurting himself in this fight. That's about the only way I bet on Joe Riggs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there, so you're saying there's a chance Cote will like, trip on the way in? It's going to be like, oh, my MCL. No, uh, the last fight with Joe Riggs, he he, he actually hit a beautiful takedown. And you heard his neck. He like pinched him over his neck during the takedown and had to tap out his own takedown. Yeah. <laughs> like the, bad, the guy has awful luck. And you're saying you don't think that spirit is going to be broken in this. Okay. I'm, some of us are risk takers. <laughs> It's just, I'm, I'm trying to keep a list of the enemies that Dan has now made on this show. <laughs> we got to send Joe Riggs a copy. From all of them. Oh, definitely. Joe Riggs. Diesel? Yeah, we got his Twitter. We know him. That's no problem. Let's go to our next fight. Kev, you're going to lead off us awesome on this one. It is John Modeski versus Shane Campbell. And it's a catch weight at 160. I never play. understand necessarily why it's a catch weight. But, but nobody has missed weight yet because we aren't even there yet. It's just what they agreed upon. Gentlemen's so. agreement. Oh, yeah, yeah. As Drew Dober explained, you can just agree. Uh, I've got McDessie. He's looked good. He's okay. looked routinely good, and he's looked routinely dangerous, and he keeps the fights moving forward, and I think that's going to take this one. Okay. Uh, let's go over Dan, Dan 15. I have to agree and uh, also take McDessie, but I would like to see Campbell win just so he can throw another Hadouk in like he did in his last fight. (laughs) (laughs) The internet exploded. I'm so conflicted about that. That's the best part. (laughs) Uh, What does this fight even mean at 160? Why are we even doing this, Kevin? I actually, I'm curious about this. Does it matter in the like, and obviously it matters in the sense of if one of them looks better than the other, but it's a weird thing at 160 because why do they make that agreement prior? It's so, it's so close to 155, I guess, is my curiosity. I mean, did somebody just want to have a better Easter? Yeah, I was like, what, what's doing? the five pounds when we're talking about this at a catch weight? It's such a weird – I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, Dan, do you make anything of this 160? Yeah, I, have, I don't understand it at all. All right. It's just so close. It's like either make it 165. Like why? Well, they, I think they both regularly fight at 155, so I don't – Yeah. Uh, if, if somebody was moving down from 70, I'd get it, but I think they're both usually right. But then let's they also discuss the fact that what if they come in over 160? Like what if <laughs> they don't wait in It's like, hey, we yeah. fucking agreed, dude. <laughs> it was going to be 160. You couldn't make our chill wait? Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Let's go to our next fight. Uh, let's do this one. We'll start off with uh, Dan on this one. It's a women's bantamweight match between Alexis Davis and Sarah Hoffman. Yeah, I don't really have much to say. Um, Alexis Davis is uh, she's already lost twice. Uh, I, don't, I don't think this is going to change. Hoffman's already beat her. I think as recently as like two or three years ago. Um, I don't think it's going to be any different from the last fight. Okay. Okay, Kev. 
I gotta versify this. I gotta. Raph, okay. you know how I Bye. feel about this. You don't talk smack on Alexis Davis on this podcast. You don't do it. <laughs> we have her back when the moment comes. That loss was as much a learning ground as she needs. Alexis <laughs> Davis. She lost twice already. That's well, okay, twice but... the learning. That's twice the learning, Dan. She's 100% more educated on how to not lose the fight. Or 200%? How does it work when it's 200 I'm pretty sure it's 200 She's 200% more likely not to lose, right? Dan, have you ever uh, heard the expression, fool me once, uh, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, fool me three times, why did I take this fight again? Is yeah, that what you think this is going to be? Yeah. It just speaks to like the lack of depth in the women's division when you have this this matchup where it's not like it was a close fight the other two times either. You know, you have somebody who already beat her opponent twice and you're trying to sell a third fight just because there's no one else for her to fight. It's just they didn't even get more women in there. They didn't have more seasons of Ultimate Fighter and focus on the women. Can I ask well, this? Why is yeah, Alexis Davis ranked third and Sarah Kaufman's ranked fifth? Does anyone? How's that work? I'll give that. Well, to they, go. Just built, they just built Davis up to fight uh, fight for the title recently. So I mean, she hasn't fallen that much. That fall, even though she got beaten like 15 seconds, she hasn't fallen so far off the ladder. Whereas Kaufman hasn't been as active, and I think her last wins were over uh, uh, Leslie Smith, and who I don't believe is ranked. Well, I guess uh, – I don't know. Let's see how this thrilling t- trilogy ends, guys. Uh, Kev, you're going to start off this next fight. It is a middleweight fight between Michael Bisping and C.B. Dalloway. You have 15. Go. Oh, my God. This feels so good. Oh, my God. This feels so good. I choose no one. Wait. I'm going with C.B. Dalloway, the Doberman. I think Bisping's completely done. I think he's – I don't think he's a little bit done. I think he's completely done. Okay. All right, all right. Let's uh, let's go on over plus, to Plus, aforementioned dog. Nope. Plus, Doberman not, counts. Nope, nope, Doberman nope, counts. No, nope, nope. it's in the shut dog up. family. Kevin, I'm going to take away time from your next pick if you don't shut up. Uh, let's go over to Dan. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this thing is done. I don't think he'll ever be a, a champion, but he's a solid gatekeeper for the division. Um, Dalloway, on the other hand, he got his one shot at fight facing like the upper tier fighters, and when he fought Machida, he got put in his place in about a minute. So I think uh, this thing has a different level, and he's going to win it. Okay, okay. Uh, Kevin, are you taking into account Cyborg Bisping now? Does Cyborg Bisping come back stronger now? No. Doesn't matter. No? That fucking annoying accent. You get punched in the face, and his best performance will be at the after fight. when they're like, But it's what like happened? in every superhero film, every time somebody has like a debilitating thing that happens to them, they come back stronger. Absolutely. Especially when they're like 45 and have been fighting their entire life. I don't know how old he is, but it feels like he's 45. Uh, Dan, uh, were you subliminally creating a drinking game for the amount of times you would say the word gatekeeper? I wasn't, but it just seems it does, now that you mention it, it seems like there's a lot of gatekeepers on this card. <laughs> it's a gatekeeping <laughs> card. It was a really this cool is a... card at first, and then they lost everybody. <laughs> yeah, this is not yeah. a fight. Like, as you're looking at these fights, you're just like, really? Like, where are we? Okay. <laughs> I love, oh man, that's so great. All right, let's go to our next fight. Uh, our next fight is 
Uh, Dan, you're going to lead us off on this one. It is Nordine Taleb versus Chris Clements. You. Uh, I got to take the underdog on this one, Chris Clements. I think he's going to knock out Talib. Okay. Um, taking the fight on short notice, I think he, he only had like a month notice, but he's like, the guy has like dynamite in his hands, and I think Talib's too hittable. Uh-oh. Dynamite in the hands, Kev. First of all, Talib does have a hittable face. He's not wrong about that. He's also from France. But, but, that is also the country my girlfriend was born in. More specifically, Talib has the best abs in the match. I don't think I need to say anymore, Raph. Okay, okay. Uh, Dan, in your experience, how often are you going to abs as a deterrent or a determination for who you will bet on? Be honest. Almost, almost never. Almost never. Almost never. I'll take it. That's not never. Uh, side when girl side board and women then then I'd, I'd have to pick her ass over anybody. Oh, okay. So for the girls, it's a different story. But for guys, you're not looking at the abs for some strange reason to figure out who you're going to bet on. Yeah. Okay. Do you, Do you feel that that's maybe somewhere that Kevin is going wrong? Uh, I think he's going the wrong in lots of ways. But, you know, oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't. I, this podcast is not long enough to go over all of those. Hey, Dan. So I know I mentioned to you this uh, off air, but, but um, you know we're getting close to the end here, and we're going to need to pick uh, fight of the night and two performances of the night uh, is usually what we use for tiebreakers. But we also kind of mentioned the fact that there will be a wager at the end of this. Now, you're used to doing monetary wagers. We don't really do that here because, you know, why? I mean, podcasts, jiu-jitsu, MMA, do the math. But um, for you, though, Dan, uh, do you have wagers in mind? Do you have bets in mind that you'd like to do with Kevin? Uh, I have nothing. You're going to have to make a suggestion. Jesus Christ. I gave you a full fucking day. Yeah, I don't remember that part of the conversation. Oh, God damn it. Yes, yes. You're really good at remembering who hit who five months ago. But one day ago, we have a wager at the end of this thing. Ugh. Right over the head. All right, let's go to our next fight. Our next fight is a women's strawweight fight between Asling Daly versus Ronda Marcos. Kev, you've got 15 on the clock. Go. I think it's Aisling. But A's the Bash is her nickname, and she uh, looks thoroughly unenthused to be in the picture. I have to go with Quiet Storm, Random Marcos, uh, way less experience. <laughs> Dan? <laughs> I also have to agree and pick Marcos with the less, less experience, but uh, she was really impressive on Ultimate Fighter. She beat women who were much more experienced than her, and I think she'll beat Daly also. Um, Kev, are you going with the quiet storm? Yes. And loud uh, storms are inappropriate. Loud storms are inappropriate. What a weird fucking nickname to have. If you could have any nickname in the world and then they give you the quiet storm, what would be your first reaction, Kevin? I would be like, I need to be louder in my life because these people are like, oh my God, this person is like a storm of energy and a storm of things. But then is so fucking hard to hear that we still had to throw quiet at the end of it. So I'd use it as like a self-actualization moment. Got it. And Dan, have you ever been ascribed a nickname in your jiu-jitsu career? Uh, I don't think so. If you were to give yourself one, what would it be? The mustache. 
the mustache. Okay, Kev, do you have a, a nickname for Dan based on any of this so far? Uh, the overanalyzer. There it is. Ooh, wow. <laughs> I try to be like Republican about it and be like, look at him with his educating himself. Mm. What a loser. There you go. Yep. All right. Well, that's how you can tell it's an election season coming up. Kevin's first political drop-in of the show. Let's go to our heavyweight bout. Now, I'm going to give you guys uh, 20 seconds to actually talk about your picks here. I know Kevin's super excited about it, so I'm actually going to start with Dan first. Dan, you've got 20 seconds on the clock. Go. What am I talking about? You're talking about Demetrius Johnson versus Kaoji Haraguchi. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, this will probably be fine tonight, honestly. <laughs> It'll be fine tonight. Johnson's like the best, one of the best compound fighters right now. Um, I don't see... Horiguchi beating Johnson in any way. Johnson's better in every aspect of the fight. Um, I'd love to see this fight happen like a year from now once Horiguchi gets some more experience because he's a little green right now. He's really great, but he's just not there yet. So I think okay. Johnson wins the decision. Okay. Kevin, the floor well, is yours. you know my rule about this. I cannot be the guy that once again chooses Demetrius Johnson by decision. No. Um... I'm going deep because I'm taking the other side. And here's why I'm taking the other side, Raph. Occasionally, there has to be someone that stands for that moment in a movie when people are like, that can't happen. Right now, I would think the audience is there with Dan. They're like, no way Dan's going to lose this. That's when I double down because it's 12 in the morning and I need to do this. Demetrius Johnson will lose to Horaguchi. Horaguchi. Bam. Okay, so there's been some – how do you say – what's the opposite of excitement uh, about this card? Uh, if you were to rate your level of interest in this card, Dan, where, where would it be? Scale 1 to 10, 10 being best. Um, maybe a 4. Oh, okay, that's not well, bad. I oh, thought it would be worse. Yeah. Kevin, you? I uh, Between 2 and 3, 2, 2. 2, two. Okay. Okay, average those together. It's like about a three. Maybe it's a bad. three because Rampage Jackson is back. I don't even know why, but I'm in. I'm in. Or because he might be joined as he walks out to the octagon with a lawyer in hand. Yeah, that might be exciting. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, who doesn't love an injunction uh, at a live event? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how excited I am about this card. I know it's happening. I know we're probably going to see it. Dan, for you, does it change anything that you, you're betting on it? Does that make you more or less excited about it? Or are you just so blasé about betting that you can't even see straight cards anymore? Uh, sometimes it's better when they have uh, when they really scrounging up matches because then they start putting together mismatches that are easier to bet on. Absolutely. <laughs> Always looking at the upside. Now... Dan, uh, I don't want to give too much away before we start getting to uh, Fight of the Night and whatnot, but uh, how did your last bet go for the UFC on Fox? Uh, I, I only hit a three-fight parlay. I won one of those, and then I bet on a seven and eight, and I missed it by the one fight, the three-pairing fight. Uh, as I believe you put it on your Instagram, you were a Felice herring away from hitting your parlay. Yeah, I think I would have turned like fifteen dollars into like eight hundred, nine hundred dollars, or something like that. That's crushing. But uh, <laughs> you know, is it a bad indication of what's to come for you, though? 
No, I'm usually about ninety percent correct when I do make these bets. So how how much time do you spend looking at statistics and numbers? You know your percentage of how many times you get that right. Yeah, well, it's it's not just uh, picking the fight, looking for. It's, I don't. I never ever pick the fighter. I pick the fight. There's always going to be fights on the card that are easy to bet on, and fights that are going to be closer. But I always look for the ones who's you know who's coming in as a last minute replacement, who's mismatched here and there. Just like looking for those little things, and I won't bet on every fight. I only bet on the ones I feel confident on. Okay, you don't have to answer this question, but Kevin will answer it for you. Uh, Dan, are you betting? On the jiu-jitsu tournaments that you run? Um, I have made... Nope, Kevin, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin is going to respond in your place. Kevin Absolutely not. He would <laughs> just maybe occasional side bets if Eddie Bravo stops by and is feeling froggy. Mm. Okay, well, Dan, go works. ahead and finish your sentence now that I know what Kevin's I, reaction I will is. Make, uh, yeah, I'll make a confession. It's the, uh, the dream jiu-jitsu baddest blue uh, late last year. Uh, we had two, like, superheroes in, like, Sky Lavelle and Diego Vasquez. Those two guys that just, like, um, you know, beat everybody. And they're both, like, these really great blue belts. And they were matched up in the finals. And I made a side bet with Sean Magami. Um, I won't say who I picked um, and how I – and what stipulation. But, uh, yeah, I lost 20 bucks with Sean. Wow. <laughs> Well, I won't say what stipulation. It's like, damn it! I'm in a serial podcast. That we're gonna find. We're gonna get to the bottom yeah. of that ref next no year. Next, next year. year. I mean, the important part is, is it sounds like you've come up with wagers before. You just were incapable of thinking about it. Have you changed any of that now? Oh yeah, I bet on everything. Okay, well, let's do this. Uh, I'm gonna ask you, Kevin, what is gonna be the fight of the night, and what are gonna be the two performances of the night? Uh, fight of the night is gonna, for some reason, and I don't even know if I think it's just because it's Canada, but I have a very strong feeling that Bisping Dalloway is gonna be fight of the night. Okay. Because why not? Why, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> I think they just might not have a choice, is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, performance of the night, Demetrius Johnson. That's me hedging. Okay. And... That's a, that's a nice Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to decide on rigs or Cote and hold why, on, hold but on. I'm going to go with... On your part, Dad, to give Kevin the compliment that he needs right before he has to finish making his predictions. Like, Kevin's so God close to finishing. MacDessie. MacDessie. Like, Mac oh, MacDessie's my other one. MacDessie's my other performance yeah. of the night. All right. Uh, Dan, what are your picks for this? Um, for Friday night, I'm going to go ahead with the Campbell McDessie fight. I think it's okay. going to be like a stand-up battle the entire time. Okay. Um, and then for performance of the night, I will also pick McDessie, and I will also pick uh, uh, Random Marcos. Okay. Interesting picks. All right. So, like I said, we've given you time to think of a wager. Do you have a wager for Kevin before I go to Kevin? And keep in mind... Kevin is not smart, so what he's going to come up with here is probably going to be weird, so you probably want to attack first. How dare you? Uh, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just accept whatever weird thing he has to do. All right, Kevin, do you have a wager in mind? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, if I win, I would like him to do a 20 to 30 second PSA on why he's retiring from gambling on UFC fights. 
Does he have to retire from No, 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 he doesn't have to do it. It's just a PSA. It's just on how he is retiring because of my victory. This is purely ceremonial. No, please keep gambling profusely. (laughs) The weirdest, like, uh, over-under Kevin stipulation we've ever done. I'm taking away your source of income, so. No, that would, yeah, that would imply money. No, no, no. This is purely Uh, for service. Let me get your response to that. What do you think of that wager? Um, could I could I uh, alter it slightly, and he just has to explain why I'm better at it? Ah, uh, that's better. We're getting there. I kind of like that. Without but, having won zero dollars in my history, I've never I have never actually put money in a Vegas dealer's hand because uh, gambling's not legal where I live, obviously. So I don't know, Dan. What do you think of that? What about it's that? Not, it's not technically illegal where I live either. Yeah, I'm not implying anything. Yes, yes. The IRS that's listening to this podcast knows that all too well. Yeah. Um, Kevin, what do you think? Yeah, you like that? Dan, you like that? I like that. Okay. And all right. In exchange, I would do a 30-second PSA on why I'm exclusive to Dream Jiu-Jitsu for my super fights. <laughs> Dan, does your silence here seem to indicate no interest in Kevin being in a super fight for Dream? I'm going to take that as a double yes. All right. Um, Do you agree to the stipulation then for Kevin? Yes, I agree. Okay, that's fair. I like that you subscribe to the AMC Theaters version of argumentation, (laughs) which is that silence is golden. Dan, we have what I believe we call in the business. This is where I'd hand you a receipt and a drink ticket, or three, given how serious this is. Uh, Thank you, by the way. This is appreciated. Um, I will warn you, I am coming off a pretty serious win-losing streak, so you should be paying attention to those fights that night. I definitely will. In the meantime, people can find Dream Jiu-Jitsu tournaments all across L.A., and I presume you guys have a really cool website as well, just because you're kind of on it. Yeah, it's uh, dreamjujitsu.com. Whoa, that's really easy, dreamjujitsu.com. Nuaza Apparel's amazing. Um, Travis Nuaza's always throwing shirts at people and around. Great to have friends in the business as well. Because one thing that I, Raph and I always talk about, which is cool, our first uh, jiu-jitsu expo. You know, there's a lot going on and some really nice people we met along the way. Shot Megami was amazing, who was, you know, founder of Dream Jiu-Jitsu, as was Travis Nawaza. So it's always good to meet those cool people, which explains why Dan's such a sharp and understands what's going on here. Yeah, real quick, if I could mention uh, on the Nawaza tarot side, we Please. are releasing our spring line uh, on the second of next month. I actually, Raph was telling me about this earlier today. That makes perfect sense. I was like, wait, hold on. Do we have pictures? Um, what does that entail for you guys? Like, give me the a little bit of the details. Um, we've been releasing um, previews of all the, of a lot of the new stuff. The Amigo Rash Guard, which is like a three Amigos homage. Um, the Camouflage Rash Guard. Uh, and two other sets, plus a bunch of brand new hats, a bunch of brand new shirts, and we're going to release them all on the second of the next month. But if you're subscribed to our newsletter, you get early access for 24 hours, and you can start buying on the first. 
That's badass. And you can become a subscriber as I'm doing at this exact moment because I like your Facebook page, yeah, but I did not exactly. know about that yeah, email was coming out. Yeah, com. Really easy. Yeah. Great stuff. And you guys are so cool to the jiu-jitsu community. The grappling community, just um, you're always there setting up stuff and it's uh, it's greatly appreciated. And the equipment is looking fantastic. Like, I just like the evolution I'm seeing on the designs. Plus, and yeah. let me ask you this. How much of it do people like, uh, do you guys take as someone's like, hey, what about a rash guard like this? And that becomes a concept for you guys. We take advice all the time. Um, a lot of the stuff um, we have comes from suggestions that people give us, and then we kind of play around with the concept and make it into something of our own. But we, we absolutely listen and listen to what people have to say. I think it makes a great deal of difference that we're actually a part of the community that we're serving. So, uh, so we ha- we're really in touch with what people want. Yeah, that I, that would actually explain it because it just seems like you guys are also trying to push the envelopes of what looks cool while people are grappling. Um, always keeping some really cool apparel on new fighters too. Some some great up and comers, and most definitely the poor Vita uh, rash guard is. Immaculate. It's it's quite nice. Yeah, that one's actually called the Amigo. I you call it what you want. I've lived that life because it's that's poor Vita, and when I see that, I know what that is. I look at that and I go, "Yeah, dude, I lost uh, I lost a lot of my homies that way." So (laughs) it hits it hits a resonated point with me. Well, if you want to purchase that on the first and get the early access. Um, the newsletter actually already did go out with a special code you need to get to our website. Mm-hmm. But if you want to give your listeners the code, it is going to be stay grounded, which is one word, no space. Wow. Writing it down. Hold on. Shut up. You assholes consider yourselves lucky. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, you're welcome, listeners. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, I would expect uh, the Amigo or the Poor Vita Rash Guard, whatever you want to call it, I'd expect that one to sell out quickly. So I'd, I'd definitely jump on it on the first. Definitely. Noted. It's also just in time for no geese season. Oh, just reminding myself that it's almost no geese season. Stoked. <laughs> well, Dan, thank you so much for dropping on in. We will have you back uh, the following week, so in a week's time, uh, to go over the fights if you are interested in uh, recapping and seeing how you did on if you ended up beating Kevin or basically trashing your entire career of betting. Yeah, I look forward to it. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Dan Hubler, thank you very much, my man. Thank you, guys. Raps Marza. I missed this. I missed the podcast. I missed recapping it. I even missed this part where we end the podcast and do uh, shout outs. Shout outs indeed. It's been so shout long. Outs. Like so many people have needed to be shouted out. Uh, so that much. again, we're going to ask you guys to be patient with us because we might forget some people, but we will again bank some of those shout outs in uh, another podcast. Absolutely. Um, for. Starters, and I think that this is an important distinction to make. The Kawhi Kimono Raph. Yes. Yes. Exquisite. Like yes. on a this isn't fair level. And the credit <laughs> goes out to Jonathan Greek. Yes. Um, whom I did get in touch with. But what an astonishing piece of artwork. If you don't know what we're talking about, go to our Instagram. You know what? Even if you don't but have never been to our Instagram, do you know what we're talking about? Go in again. Go again. 
Look at how cool these beautiful geese are. They say verbaltapcast.com. Uh, some great logo work. They've got our names. Really <laughs> fantastic. Plus light, durable, and great. To, uh, just uh, you feel cool when you put one on. Well, the kawaii uh, kimonos are intended to be used for travel. So Kevin happens to be traveling a ton for his job. Yeah. Uh, so I know that's very helpful to him. And, uh, you know, it, it, was a, it was a pleasure to have Kevin come and uh, over to the wedding. And we wanted to give a good gift. And Jonathan, when I jokingly said, yeah, you know, Kevin and I will never be in the apparel business because we're too stupid. Uh, he was like, "Well, I could make you guys a gi," and I was like, "Don't say that. Whatever you do, don't don't, don't flirt. Mm-mm. Don't don't promise, because I'm going to see this all the way through if you do." And he was like, "No, I'm serious." And he came through, and these gis are awesome. Uh, we get compliments on them all the time, and uh, that that really does stem all the way back to Jonathan. So, as, as Kevin was mentioning, uh, just a, a terrific thing, and it really it makes our podcast feel fucking special. It's really cool, and. This is also, uh, you know, thanks to you as well, Ref. Unbelievable gift. Such a cool, like, was, uh, yeah. Got to train. Um, we've recapped how you presented it, but it was also yes. pretty funny. So. Well, I mean, uh, part of that was for me is I, I knew there was a certain way I wanted to do it, and uh, I wasn't about to just hand it to you and say, like, here, take this. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I, threw, I thought there's only one way to do it, which is to be an asshole to Kevin. <laughs> and uh, There's only one way yeah. to do it, which is during training, too. I thought that was Absolutely. well custom. I also, yes. a new member of the Kevin Gear family, the uh, Battle Corps from yeah. Gatsusara. Wow. That is correct. What a life changer that thing is. That yes. thing's, uh, for someone on the go that also does a lot of jiu-jitsu, love this thing. It's amazing. Really fantastic. Uh, our thanks to Chris O'Dell over at uh, Datsusara. Uh, it's it's good shit, man. This this bag is. I've had mine for now almost. Is it two years or at least a year? Somewhere in there. How but the time flies when you're I just in a love happy, it. healthy relationship. You know? Yes. <laughs> uh, and I I can't stop saying good things about it. Kevin was coming after me to find out more information about it, and now he has one, so it, it's good. We're. We're decked out. We're practically twins in the way we have twinsies. Uh, our, don't say that. No. No. <laughs> I was that was a 2015 word I was not allowed to say. I just want to apologize to the board. Yep. Um, I expect the infraction will pay the fine. Absolutely. I also need to congratulate Dave. Dave, we're walking around with a purple belt now. Always great to see hey, a teammate go up to the whole BJJ and MMA training crew out there doing some work in Chantilly VA always fun even get to teach a little bit ref uh, ref knows that I would also like to think ref ref helped me come up with a lesson plan recently on some things to talk about it's a little you know I think that's good when you're still an inexperienced instructor talk to other people find out what they like so that was a fun combo I don't know why I'm preaching about this. Shut it's up. Okay, I mean it's a good. Uh, you're you're basically promoting education. I have no problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting, and that's okay. Not on the list. That was not on the list. <laughs> Twinsies, yes, and I will get fined again for saying it. Obviously, once more. Um, I got to see the family this weekend. Raf, my sister flew in. We were saying goodbye to my uh, grandmother, Cecilia. And it was a blast to see the family. My parents even brought the Winnebago up. 
That's right. And Raph, ask me if there was a moment when there might have been a dog misunderstanding and I had to use jujitsu and quick thinking to save a situation. Well, considering you kind of previewed it on the podcast, (laughs) did you? I might have dropped Sayonagid, my parents' lab, uh, my lab as well, so I know her very well. She was being a little protective and went a little aggressive, and I had to do a little jujitsu. I'm just saying, practical application is everywhere. It's everywhere. (laughs) Never know when you might have to hip toss an 82-pound dog. You never know when that's going to happen. Did you did you follow it up though? Because it's hard for me to think that you just drop Sayanagi anything, be it human, pet, or whatever, or alien. Let's not throw that as a non consideration. Uh, do you do you go to try and complete the move and, and follow up with a submission after, or just take first the of all, I don't know. If the movie Signs has taught me anything, great inclusion. Second. Uh, I had the collar at that point, and the dog had clicked back into respect mode, so we mm. were good. The dog looked at me like, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> like, what do you want? I was busy defending my house. Do you need something? Uh, and I, you know, took her in the kill. So. It, you know, the dog is the type of dog that's like, dude, I thought we were starting from our knees, bro. What? <laughs> you didn't even pound it. Hey, that's uh, it's also a good practical application. You hip toss a stranger that's fucking with you hard enough, that'll surprise the hell out of somebody. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was I doing? That's going to do it for me and shout outs. Um, I have a ton, but I'm going to miss everybody. Let's start off first and foremost by saying thank you to everybody who came on out to the wedding. It was a beautiful, beautiful time. I've, I, you know... It's everything they, that you, you hear it's going to be. It goes by fast. You're overwhelmed. You love it. It just, I don't know, somewhere around dinner, you know, everything just goes into fast forward. But um, my wife and I, Kelly, we were so happy to see all of our friends. It was, it was such a great celebration that we know we're never going to have one of those experiences again because everybody flies in from out of everywhere and you just turn around. And you're like, oh, hey, they're here. Oh, they're here too. That's awesome. We love them. They're great. Um, so my thanks to not only Kevin but uh, to his wonderful girlfriend Vicky for coming on out. It was honestly one of the the most uh, ridiculously fun times I, I've ever had. So thank you to everybody. Thank you to Kevin for being in the wedding. Kevin, uh, if you don't know this story, um, you do now uh, here on the podcast. On the day of the wedding, my electric shaver went out. And I was several hours away from the wedding, and I was just going over what are my cheeks, which sometimes the lady is like, I would just want the cheeks shaved. And I was like, okay, so I'm going over that part of my face, and then all of a sudden, when the electric razor goes out, I send a text to Kevin that's like, hey, if you're coming, could you get me a razor? Kevin, I would think, would know enough to go down to hospitality desk and ask for a razor, but instead goes to the store office and buys an $11 Bic razor for me. It was a Mach 3, so no problems there. But I literally do like two quick swipes down on my cheeks and it's done. But the amount of fervor and uh, fast pace that Kevin came back to to present it to me was amazingly hilarious. So thanks to Kevin. Uh, I want to shout out all the people at the Grapplecon. Uh, nothing will do short of the best. It was like, I was not going to put your face near some cheap hotel razor. <laughs> 
Come on. This is the, the look of, like, complete terrifiedness from you <laughs> that you needed to do a job well done uh, was hilarious. Uh, I want to thank everybody for the Grappleton victory for Victoria down at Subfighter MMA. That was so much fun. We raised Kev 2.5 or, yeah, 2.5K. So $2.5,000 uh, was raised uh, for this. So we, we have a lot of love for uh, this cause and uh, Monte Wiley helped put it together. Uh, Brad, I believe, is Birchfield, uh, was the recipient. His daughter, I guess, is going uh, cancer, and this is hopefully helping that family in, in more ways than one. I know that he had like lifted spirits from uh, rolling with people. He rolled 20 times, Kev, with people. Like that, that's tiring, but he, he was so cool 20. in connecting with people. Yeah, 20 times. <laughs> yep. Okay. So I got some good rolls in. I got to meet a whole bunch of new people. Hopefully, if you're listening, you makes my back uh, thinking about it's 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 tough, but it, it can be you, you do find yourself around hour two or so being like, oh, I could have stopped that, that pass, but I'm gonna just sleep. I'm tired. No. Uh, so anyway, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, so again, our thanks to all the people over there. Our thanks to Valley Martial Arts Center. Great seeing you guys. Uh, it's been rough not to see you guys because of the wedding and meetings and whatnot. But uh, it has been great to be back and I look forward to doing some more training. And uh, let's also thank out John for, of course, renting out a space for us. Not even renting out, just letting us stop by and do training there. That was amazing. So thank John Evans for that. And uh, I've got a ton of other people to thank. I know I'm going to miss them all, uh, but I'm going to try and remember them in the next few podcasts because uh, there's just too many people to thank. But I did want to end the podcast by thanking my beautiful wife, Kelly, uh, who I basically, you know, being married, they ask you, like, how much is different? And not much is really different. Um, but we really, I think the only thing that makes it a little different is that the relationship doesn't change, but everything feels a lot more awesome. So we've been enjoying being married and, uh, she was so wonderful throughout the whole process. So I'm, I'm very lucky to have her and, uh, I'm so glad that our friends came up and, and saw our wedding. So yeah, that'll, that'll do it for me on this episode as well. Thanks you guys. Oh, and thank you guys, the fans for staying fun. And making things cool for us to be gone for so long and to miss us and to send us nice messages. We're back and we're ready to hit the ground running. So we've got a lot more shit in store for you guys. Stay tuned. Such a blast to have so many friends to talk MMA with. That's what yep. uh, everybody is. So yep. it's such a good time. And I agree. He is very lucky. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and we back. We back. <laughs> Back. There's gotta be, isn't there a cool hip hop number for that? I mean, Anderson Silva said, We back! Yeah, I was just gonna read your text 27 times over like a two chains beat. Maybe that'll Yeah.